workaholic, call it what you call it, Saturday night, I am so Kenny Wallace on that, dirt, 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 I miss that, dirt. And welcome back to Throttled Up the Podcast, and uh, exciting night tonight. Uh, unfortunately, not a whole lot of racing going on here coming up, but uh, we have the voice of the Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model Series, James Essex in-house. And Matt, I know outside of me, he's one of your heroes. Not one of, he is my hero. Sorry, Dustin, let you down there. And I know we had to like pick the studio up and... We're at a remote location hidden from all government so we can put on this uh, show this evening, you know, in lieu of the virus. We're in an underground bunker in Crothersville, <laughs> right. Indiana, yeah. if you want to be honest about it. But I can see Tater Master's house from here. There you have it. But James, man, we are excited to have you in studio and talk about your history in racing and, and all the things that your knowledge goes. And I know we won't even scratch the surface because we can't be here until tomorrow, so... Well, as soon as I walked in, he asked for an hour and a half, and I don't think that'll cover it, you know. So I, Not a chance. So uh, before we jump in here, though, I do want to make an announcement, and I'll remind everybody here in just a second. Uh, I just got a text from Ryan Bowling from Dirt to Media, and pretty cool deal. Ryan here during the quarantine and, you know, no racing, he's going to start putting out some free shows. So uh, if you want to watch last year's No Way Out 40 for free on dirttomedia.tv, Head over there, sign up. He's going to start putting that out. So as you're quarantined at home, can't do anything, check out dirttomedia.tv for a lot of free opportunities to watch some great racing from last year. And um, that No Way Out 40 last year was a great one. So Very good one. So make sure you go check that out. James? Yes. How did we, how did we get here with you and racing and all the things that you've done? Well, first off, I appreciate you inviting me in. First time I've I've been in this palatial estate of <laughs> Dustin Roller and Matt Staples, and I appreciate it uh, coming in. But uh, you know, it's well, for, it's just been crazy of obviously the last month or so. But uh, uh, you know, it's it started a long time ago to say that much, and uh, to get involved in doing this, and um, you know, my parents and they tell me, you know, I live outside of columbus and they took me to 25th street in columbus i don't know if either one of you you, you were young tykes probably back then but well, i'm a lot older than dustin okay <laughs> fair fair enough and that was the first racetrack i went to and uh was there about every friday night that they raced and uh, they raced to about 74 75 i think was their mm -hmm. last year and uh my dad worked at cummins in columbus and a lot of guys there said you know you ought to go to brownstown because uh, columbus was i mean that was fun that was a big horse track it was like a half yeah. mile flat and they turned like 28 29 second laps you know and uh, it was basically the petro you know that was their home for yeah. the petros gene and us and that was their home track and they basically dominated there but uh it wasn't the best run racetrack that i've ever been to and uh they had a lot of issues back then and uh, with curfew and they're right in the middle of town i mean you know uh they were right in the middle of town and uh they just had a lot of issues and there was a lot of programs they didn't even get to complete i mean they wouldn't start i mean they come out wheel pack maybe seven to eight for an hour and it's a big half mile track so it took a while to do that and uh there have been things happen guys that knock down light poles and go over guardrails and their time management was very poor but they said well, you, you know told my daddy you need to go to brownstown because that was a well-run racetrack and that was back in the late 60s i'd say 69 was the first time i went there 
and uh you know been basically going ever since then and uh my mom uh she would uh do the local newspaper results and uh, that started in like 73 and uh we would do we would do the what we just do we would do wouldn't do a story we would just do like the results fast qualifier that was back when they had one class the slate models you know uh they didn't start another class hobby stocks to like 75 or so and uh she would get the results trophy dash finishes heat race finishes semi feature they called it back then and feature the top 10 well we dropped that off brownstown seymour we mailed it to bedford put it in the columbus paper and all that and uh we did all that and that's how i really got to meet the drivers because after it was over we'd go on the front stretch and that's where they paid everybody at that that little building remember in the infield oh, yes. there and that's what they used to do timing and scoring there uh, a long time ago and um so that's basically how i got to know the drivers and hometowns and all that and uh back then when uh when they were announcing they just give you name and car number they wouldn't give you hometown they wouldn't no sponsors anything like that so we had to go down and get hometowns and all that and, uh she did that for i don't know i guess till about 77 and then i started when i, I was like 14 and would go upstairs and, and the press box was half the size of yeah. what it is now <laughs> oh, yeah yeah i mean we'd have uh ted collins he was he was the promoter then and then uh uh alan magner's dad glenn and he was a scorer and 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 uh then i would go up there and write down time trials and so one night um the announcer didn't show up so it was like well they they let me do it and i was like you know sure <laughs> <laughs> you know sure and uh i and that's basically how it started and uh i would go and do some heat races after that and uh uh, then it got it, and we got Al Walker and John Williams were a big influence on my career back in the late seventies and early eighties, and basically was doing a lot of that announcing stuff. And then uh, they left, and so basically I'd been doing it, uh, I guess, since about early eighties, and uh, I went a stretch there. Uh, I'd say fifteen years, never missed a race. Wow. You know, and uh, the only reason I missed a race is because I got married, <laughs> and uh, and that, uh, my advice, and you know, I'm not a marriage counselor or anything like that, but don't marry a woman that doesn't like racing. <laughs> you know, and and I was ate up with it because I mean, you know, like oh, yeah. you guys, you know, I'd go three times a week. I mean, yeah. racing back in the early '80s through whenever, and uh, we'd go to either like Bloomington on Friday or when charlestown was running and in scottsburg and of course brownstown and we yeah. go to putnamville on sunday when they run late models or we'd go down to hobstock you know every once in a while and all that and that's how i got started in it uh, one of the biggest influencers i mean you know i know we talk about the house that essex built and all this and and it is and, 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 it still, is. and, and you know there's a lot of other people that are you know ted collins and kenny woods um they took over i think in 68 without them two i mean we not we may not be racing there now in 2020 you know uh because those two guys brought it was it was an issue the promoter before them it was kind of they was they did the figure eights until the mid 60s and they couldn't come up with anything they were running the what they called super modified you know oh yeah and uh so they decided to do a stock car class uh v8 late models and uh 
that basically took off. I mean, they would go and, you know, they'd get 40, 40 cars a night easily and uh, before they started a hobby stock. So those guys there named Roger Williams, and uh, he and I, he took over in 1980, and uh, we was together until uh, 94. And uh, he, he, I mean, you know, um, I don't know if I've ever told anybody. I mean, I thought that he and I would be there forever. I mean, that's really? just that's just something that I thought. I was thinking, you know, back, you know, things were going good. I mean, it was one of the top tracks, and in what eighty nine, it was USA Today top twelve, yes. thirty dozen uh, tracks, and had some great shows every week. I mean, look at the Hall of Famers that have come <laughs> out of there. I mean, not only the late models, but you know, the modifieds later in the nineties and the street stocks have been solid for a long, long time. And and there was a I thought, you know, this is what I'm gonna do the rest of my life is announce here. And Roger Williams would be the promoter. And unfortunately in uh, come ninety four and uh some things happened and uh had the big anniversary race and it was cancelled the first time and uh ran in May and then tried to run three big races in a row in May and that was kind of tough and things happened after that and um kind of burnt me out on it because i was getting a lot of phone calls i go to the racetrack and people there was just things that happened and those people that are around then knew you know what was going on i mean i won't divulge everything but um it was just a tough deal and uh, i just had had enough of it and uh so then terry eaglin called me uh the fair board didn't renew uh, roger's contract and then the and terry eaglin called me one night and asked me if i'd be interested in promoting brownstown well you know that was that and then also he owned twin cities so i was like doing you know doing both of them for a couple of years and not only that but maintaining a full-time job i mean in sales and i was working for my father-in-law and uh <laughs> Then you go on top of that, you've got a wife who doesn't like racing. Right. Doesn't like you talking about it. I mean, I, I get guys, you know, they call on the phone and they want to talk. And she said, I, I did, I, why are you doing that? I said, well, I'm the promoter. I mean, you know, you talk to them. Yeah. Um, you know, so I did that. And, you know, if I had to do it over again, I'd do some things different. And uh, Terry, you know, uh, always gotten along with Terry. Terry's always been good to me and helped me out quite a bit and um you know and so we did that and you know it just got to the end of 98 season and i was just kind of burned out you know and you're trying to maintain a full-time job you're trying to run two racetracks it just it just was tough but i was young enough i was thinking well you know whatever and then northern all-star started in uh, 98 you know so i did that did a little bit of that and then went in 99 and did that and then battle the bluegrass started in 01 and uh, did that and uh, that led to nara in 04 which led to lucas oil uh buying it in 05 so been doing that ever since obviously but um just uh just a lot of great memories you know at brownstown and it you know like I, i've told matt before i mean it's been my home track forever and it always will be uh, no matter what happens and uh you know i like i want to give a shout out like scott mccain scott mccain you know he's from crothersville mm -hmm. and he's a motivational yep. speaker i mean yeah. you guys may know him and mm -hmm. see him yep and uh when i first go into brownstown in the early 70s he was the announcer i mean he was still in high school he's working at a radio station down there in scottsburg and yeah. he knew the masters family and all that and 
um, he did a great job and enjoyed listening to him. And then uh, he left and went to college. And then actually, I followed him at uh, WCSI in Columbus. I did, I worked there in the mid '80s. He had been there before that. And of course, then he went on. I think WHAS in Louisville. He did uh, work so. down there. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think, and then uh, he went to Channel 8 in Indianapolis and did the news there and stuff and entertainment and all that, and, and now he's a motiv- worldwide motivational speaker, <laughs> yep. you know, and um, that was probably one of my biggest influences in getting into this, uh, besides uh, Al Walker, he, you know, when I was in the early 80s, he would, and went to Vincennes University and did did baseball, did basketball, Um and did some high school sports with Al uh, around the area down there in Bedford and Paley and such. And, uh, you know, he was just a great influence in, in my life as far as my career was concerned in announcing. And I, and I want to bring this up, you know, as you talk about your connections to Brownstown Speedway. And, and you, when I see you there, you still obviously have so many connections and know so many people there. But... One of the coolest things is this year during Speed Weeks down at um, at East Bay, I happen to be watching the broadcast, and all of a sudden I hear a vo- voice in the booth, and then I hear it's, hey, look, it's Rusty Shields, and <laughs> you are having a conversation while calling uh, the heat races with Rusty Shields, which leads to, hey, Rusty, do you want to sing the national anthem? So. For those of us around here and know Rusty, and oh my gosh, maybe the best national anthem singer I've ever heard, but it's cool to be sitting here and there's there's Rusty in the booth with you and those connections are still there. So well, He had told me, uh, Dustin, a couple weeks before that that he was coming to East Bay and wanted to know if I could you know, get him in there to sing the anthem. He was coming in on Wednesday of the Speed Week, and uh, sure. And uh, I didn't even really talk to Al, the promoter. I just, I just said, come on and do it. Because <laughs> all we would have for years, I mean, going there since, what, 05, would be a cassette tape of uh, Whitney Houston or something, which, you know, she's good. But uh, She's no rusty, though. No, no she's rusty. No rusty <laughs> she's no rusty, no. And uh, uh, so, I, you know, and it all worked out, and he, did, and he does great. I mean, obviously, I mean, he does Eldora, he does Brownstown, and – so many other places and uh he's just awesome i mean i you know, he's just awesome i mean he's just the best i've ever heard and we all have been around a long time i mean it's uh very talented and just just outstanding and plus he's a race fan yes. oh yeah yeah you know and then you know and uh you know that's that's great and uh it's just yeah that was i remember what you're talking about that night and uh <laughs> you know bob bob didn't bob dillner didn't know him and i said like, yeah you gotta listen to this guy yeah the rusty shields guy you know and uh he was impressed as well i thought it was cool that the same family gave both of us a break in announcing because uh ted kind of lets you take off and then tory gave me the mm-hmm. shot at it you know that's that's what he said he's like you know well dad let james do it you know he's i'll let you do it so well ted you know ted uh Ted ran a tight chip at Brownstown I and mean, him and Ken, they ran a tight chip yes. there for a long time. And, uh, they, they did a great job and, and they, they uh, always had a well-prepared racetrack and, uh, gosh, I remember the days back and when they used to have to pack the track. Yeah. I remember, you remember that oh, and, they, yeah. and they pack it going the opposite way. Yes. And then we'd have what we called a wet lap and a dry lap qualifying. So they'd come out, they didn't draw numbers back then. They just come out 
and guys that take one uh, one lap and they pull in the infield. Mm-hmm. Well, when you got to the last car, he would stay out there and basically, you know, you'd start it all over again. Yeah, and uh, that's how they that's how they did the program back then. And like I said, that's when they scored in the infield there. Yeah. Uh, well, they had timing and scoring and Scott uh, Scott McCain and you know he announced in the infield there and uh that just a lot of great memories i mean there's just so many memories that you know uh come to mind and you know i've been very fortunate i mean i'm fortunate to to do what i like to do and uh you know i mean been doing eldora for a long time now you know what 10 years for the world yeah been doing a dream for a while they've done knoxville late model nationals i think i missed the first one because i was doing the dirt track at bardstown world championship and uh went went to knoxville i think it was oh five oh five oh six was the the it was oh five and i've done them all since then and i've done charlotte done you know i mean i've done what people dream of doing i mean you know there's just oh, yeah i look up to so many people i mean i think you know i've told you this i think you're doing a great job i want to you know I reiterate that. yeah no problem and uh you know everybody says me well you know um you know Eldora, you go door terry baltus was there and for years and that guy he was awesome and he ought to be in the hall of fame um national dirt late hall of fame but i agree with and that i too. saw him every time i see him at Eldora, he was coming up talk to me tells me he enjoys listening to me and i saw him at east bay this past february same thing so uh owe a lot to him brett emmerich was always a one of my favorites uh, rick eshelman of course and yeah you know you can go on down the road spanky spanky yeah michael to spain yeah uh worked with a lot of great ones and that you know eshelman and to spain you know they were both brownstown guys you know they mm-hmm. whole lot of famous voices of brownstown there so well ozzy altman you got a you know former voice to have a tampa and he was a, a a mentor of mine as well and you know a lot of the local guys yourself brad greer at florence he does a great job and uh dustin jared of course working with them and ben shelton and yes michael norris from fairberry and uh just you Ru- got ruben yeah. ruben's a new young one that ruben is great job. i love his enthusiasm <laughs> he's, he's doing a great job and i wish i had his energy of course he's what 21 years old but i mean i remember being 21 and you know and it just uh, just uh i don't know just talking fast i still talk fast i guess somebody <laughs> said the other day at at east bay said you ought to be an auctioneer and i said well you know i've thought about it <laughs> i mean i've talked to mike mincendick you oh, know yeah. and he said come on over oh yeah sometime we'll talk and i thought well maybe that's something thing is though his auction's like on saturday yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. why would you have an auction yeah. during race time there you know and, and he's a big race fan and and he's you know um i've known him for a while and uh it's something i mean people don't realize how much you have to know and also you've you got to talk as fast as your mind sees you know that's what, right you know you're calling right. it as soon as you're seeing it you don't have time to think about it or script it you just gotta you have to well talk. he's he's there selling you know tractors and plows and farm equipment and household items and yeah. antiques and uh you know grandma's bass guitar i don't know whatever <laughs> else and uh who is this by the way right here who is this is this that's you? me Dustin. that's me right there right there okay i just want that's when i was younger and thinner <laughs> he still doesn't have any hair though all the hair's on your face now isn't it <laughs> exactly it's down. i know what you're talking about but <laughs> but you gotta know something real estate real estate i mean you gotta know all kinds of stuff and you know i know 
I'd have to go to school for that. I think it's like 10 days or something. I don't know. You have to go to Indianapolis and all that. So I don't know. That might be something down the road to do, but uh, I would be interested in that. But like I said, I mean, most of the auctions are on Saturday. So that would, right. <laughs> that would, as long as I stay, you know, doing what I'm doing, it'd be very difficult to do that. Hey, let's take a quick break here for our first round of sponsors, and we'll be right back with James Essex. Race fans, In the Fast Lane Productions has rebranded itself as Dirt to Media. This is a huge win for us as race fans as they will be expanding their coverage to three local racetracks. For a mere $9.99 a month, you can choose between race action from Thunder Valley, Twin Cities Raceway Park, or Brownstown Speedway. But really, who can choose? So for only $13.99 per month, upgrade to the VIP membership and receive video from all three tracks. The only question I have left for you is, what are you doing? Get over to dirttomedia.tv and what sign you, up today. Gilpin Electric and Generator doing? Services is a customer-first company that takes care of all your electric and generator needs. They're your go-to dealer, installer, and generator service company. Don't be stuck without power during severe weather this year. Contact Gilpin Electric and Generator Services on Facebook or call them at 812-953-1261. Hey, Matt, what would you say is one of your most prized possessions? Oh, it has to be my racing t-shirts. And you've got an impressive collection. But I heard about a new place. P3RacingShirts.com is the one and only place offering genuine custom racing shirts with no minimum (laughs) quantities. Their shirts are printed in full color using the latest technology and direct-to-garment printing. They have custom designs for several different car types and specialize in our favorite, dirt track racing. That has to be great for the local driver. You don't have to buy all those up front. Absolutely, and they don't have to hold all that inventory at home. What did you say that was again? P3RacingShirts.com. Let's check them out. We've all heard horror stories about insurance companies and insurance agents. Let me tell you about my family's agent, Tommy Taylor. Tommy is an agent at Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance and is a multi-line agent that can keep all your insurance in one place. Why is a dedicated agent so important? When you have the unexpected occur, you'd much rather know the person on the other end of the phone. Contact info for Tommy. 812-372-4483 at extension 2447 or look him up on Facebook at Tommy Taylor, Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance. Don't be another horror story. Stop knocking on wood and relying on a 1-800 number. Trust Tommy Taylor today. And we are back here again with James Essex, the voice of the Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model Series. And before I turn it back over, I do want to say don't forget, again, one of our sponsors right there in that reel, Dirt to Media. Uh, Ryan Bowling, huge shout out to him. Quarantine special. He's going to show last year's No Way Out 40 uh, for free. Get over to dirttomedia.tv. All you got to do is use your um, email address to sign up, and he is going to show that for free. There'll be a, a announcement coming out on the Dirt to Media Facebook page at 9 p.m. So check that out. Exciting stuff there. Um, just want to shout out how much we appreciate that for all of us that I know I'm going to be tuning in to watch that just so we can get a little racing fix going so i also got to say um joe hartwell texted me and dirk he asked you to to not talk nearly as much <laughs> um that's he just texted me and I'm asked him next to a legend what if, else can i say if yeah. dirk if dirk could could quiet down so james could talk he'd appreciate it so dirk, dirk is uh he's uh he's he wants to be my agent i think i yeah, think he's, he's kind of he's kind of you know now that tom brady's gone uh, from new england he's he's looking for some <laughs> looking for another client maybe but uh well i want to ask you this james yes. ryan gassaway's listening and he he asked what is the craziest race you've ever called what's one that you just 
At one, Brownstown or anywhere? Let's go anywhere. Oh, I, well, obviously the <laughs> uh, right here. Yeah. Anybody see that? <laughs> huh. Wh- which time? <laughs> Actually, weighs pretty good there. Up oh, there went his hood. <laughs> yeah. Uh, obviously, the uh, anything involving Scott Bloomquist is going to make news and. Uh, you know, when that happened at the Dream there a few years ago about him being light at the scales, and, uh, you know, I guess that a lot of this, st- all of it, you know, that I've come up with over the past, you know, the Please Stay Green, I came up with that. It was a Lucas Oil race somewhere I don't even remember several years ago, and it was like, it was a heck of a race going. Great battle for the lead, and I'm thinking, Please Stay Green, and that's like stuck with me uh, ever since then, and, uh, no green light probably would have to rank up there and uh you know at eldora back when that happened what was that now three or four years ago yeah, i yeah. mean you know it's happened a couple times obviously um just that's just the craziest stuff right there i mean it's like how can this keep happening when they put him to the tail though and he raced all the way back and won that had to be a great race to call also well that was with the window net yeah, yeah i mean yeah. he was you know and uh he got called out for that and got stopped on the track and uh they removed that and then he went to the tail and come back up there because if they didn't he probably would have lapped off yeah he would have you're exactly right and uh just i mean i've known scott a long long time i mean you know i go back to the late 80s when he started coming to brownstown and uh, in fact i mean a little little tidbit here guys that uh he he we had to have a tampa come back to brownstown well we was there for three years 95 96 97 and i was and it was 96 97 98 and uh very successful with that and of course that was these series back then i mean you had mm-hmm. stars also stars was a very good series but uh scott had kind of had a falling out with have a tampa like in 1994 and he had quit running that series he'd been running that series a long time and he's the all-time winningest driver in that series as a matter of fact but um he called when 96 it was we had to have for first have a tampa race schedule and he called me because that was the first year me and terry we were promoting it and he called me because I'd known him, like I said, since the late 80s, and we talked for a long time. And he was disgruntled, obviously, over the, what happened there in 94 with the anniversary race. And uh, there were some issues there that's been well documented. And uh, he called me and he, you know, first off, he was he's I'm glad to see you running it and you're going to do a good job and all this. And, and he wanted to come back because he vowed that he would not come back to brownstown he would i mean it was one of his favorite tracks i mean yeah. it's been well documented mm-hmm. him and he and billy moyer i mean it's one of their favorite racetracks all time brownstown is and scott goes um i'd like to come back and i said well you're more than welcome to i mean we'd love to have you and uh so we talk and we i mean we talked probably about an hour i don't think my wife probably liked that because she <laughs> you know she didn't like <laughs> she didn't like what i was doing but um you know and and he he said man this i want to come back and run he said brownstown's one of my favorite tracks he said you know i know i said wasn't coming back but he said since you're there so i'll come back and uh last last words he said was uh can you hit me up with some pit passes <laughs> and um huh, imagine that imagine that and that was back you know that was back in the day when he was getting you know some of these tracks he was probably getting about five grand to show up you know yeah and uh i said nah, i really can't do that you know that that would look you know i'm first year doing this 
promoting and you know that would look you know that wouldn't look good and he said okay he said i understand so i thought well well he's probably not gonna come now you know and i wouldn't give me any pit passes so next thing i know i remember being there that day and uh every time we held half a tampa race it rained I mean, it rained mm-hmm. most of the day at brownstown we we still ended up having a good crowd and everything was successful but uh i remember him pulling in at the front gate it's like well that's pretty cool and it's pretty good you know and um that uh you know and then he i think he ended up winning if i'm I not mistaken so, yeah. i think he did win and uh you know and i mean i i did his 200th win his 500th and his 600th win i did did all those two of those were at brownstown right yes. i mean the 500 and yeah. 600 yes the 200 i don't remember where that was but as far as the craziest i mean ryan's question <laughs> i forgot what the question was <laughs> get me talking about this stuff but um Oh, I don't know. I, I, it's just, just so many races. I mean, I don't even know how many races I've done. I mean, you know, I did Brownstown for 21 years, and then I've done over 600, close to 700 now with Lucas Oil. So, wow. I've been to a lot of tracks, and uh, uh, there, there's been so many good – I mean, I remember at Brownstown, I mean, we run a Jackson 100, no cautions. I think we did that maybe two years in a row. Yes. And yeah, there was a couple cool. years in a row, like Hoosier Classic or Kenny Simpson race, and it come down to the final lap. Yeah, I mean, Curry had a Gill and Curry, yeah, yeah Gill and great. Jim Curry, and then there was another one with uh, Gill and Larry Moore, I believe. Yes, and uh, we had to actually go to the videotape. That was back when Roger was running it, and we actually had to go to a videotape to see who won. And I think Larry Moore won. They they gave it to Larry Moore. And you know that was that was back when Brownstown you could run up to the front stretch wall. Oh yeah, yeah. That was Jeff Jeff Purvis. Jeff Purvis was the one that actually started that. He make it like a big circle. Yeah, Yeah. a circle. And he come off the front stretch and go off the back stretch. And then Kenny Simpson started doing that, and he won the Jackson 184. And then, but when they come across the line, you know, no transponders. I mean, this was the this was early 90s, and uh, maybe it was late, maybe it was 80s, something like that. And, you know, you got Larry Moore and, and Gill coming across there, and Gill was driving for Gene Dalton then, the 96 car. Yeah. And they come across, and you couldn't see, you know how it is up yeah. there. And they come across, let their flag stand, you couldn't see it. And so we had to go to the video. Fortunately, somebody had it videoed from the grandstand. <laughs> so we had to go back, and that took a while. It was a stars race, I think. So we had to make the decision on that. And I mean, to tell you, Gene Dalton, he just like come unglued. I mean, Gene Dalton's probably the smartest man I ever saw. There was a car owner, set up cars. I mean, oh, this yeah. guy. I mean, this guy had no slouches in his race cars. You know that. Oh yeah, that's Matt. what I was getting ready to say. That everybody was anybody drove Gene Dalton's car. Well, right? I started Jack Owens was his brother-in-law, and uh, we lost Jack several years ago. But yeah, uh, Jack Owens, and then you know you had Crockett, Petro, uh, Ira Baston, obviously Don Hobbs drove for him, Brian Asbury, uh, John Gill. Uh, Gotsy drove a little bit for his wife, uh, Gene's wife. And, uh, I mean, my goodness, that guy had no, that's no slouches there. You're yeah. talking Hall of Fame drivers. And uh, he, he, we went to Hobstadt the next day because that was the year that we ran Hobstadt in 86, Roger Williams did. And we went there and we had a race the next day. And, oh, Gene <laughs> Dalton pulls in there. And everybody's got open trailers. And he's over talking. Dalton, is, he's still wound up. And he, he had a cigar in his mouth and yeah. all this. And he's coming up to me, and 
you know, he's saying that, you know, he got screwed over, you know, and we didn't really say that word. <laughs> right. We understand. You know what I'll I mean, use guys. my creativity. You know what I mean, guys. But uh, he, he was hotter than a firecracker. And he was just going on and on. And I think I, I don't know what I said. I might have smarted off something. <laughs> You know, and I just had enough of it. And Imagine that. I just kind of walked away. I just kind of walked away, and he was just fit to be tied. And it's like, oh, you know, you'll get over it. But John didn't say nothing. John Gill didn't say a word about it. He didn't say anything about it. But uh, He probably he, knew he was second place. Yeah, he probably knew he was second, or he knew, you know, that it was close, and he didn't really know. And yeah. uh, obviously, we'd had transponders back then. We would have would have known. But, uh, you know the guys you know it's been a great run i mean you know i don't know how long much longer i want to do this i mean i might do it 10 15 i i'm always a belief not to put a date on something like mm-hmm. a retirement you know what i mean guys dustin matt oh yeah y- you know you, you do that and you kind of box yourself in so i mean if i can go as long as i feel good and healthy and you know i i was diagnosed a couple years ago with sleep apnea and uh that was a big thing i mean i mean it was like being on the road and you know i'd be in a hotel room whatever and the guys next door they could hear me snoring <laughs> you know it's just part of life right well no it's more serious than that so my girlfriend she told me to go do a sleep test and so i did do a sleep test and uh they found out that i had stopped breathing 220 times in one oh, night wow. 220 times in one night and you know that that that's one thing there's millions of people out there that don't know they have it yes and uh, so i've been on a cpap machine for a couple of years um had the eye i told you about my eye back at at february in east bay first night at east bay you know everything's going fine during the day and getting ready to go and all of a sudden i got like a black dot shadow in my left eye i wore contacts and i thought well you know it's just it could be an eye floater could be something well it didn't go away and so basically i announced east bay all week with one eye (laughs) You know, because it was like I couldn't, it was a shadow there. Fortunately, I had my TV monitors right. in front of me for the LOR TV, and all that worked out. And uh, get home, and I go see my eye doctor, and he says, you need to go to Indianapolis right now. And so I did, and they got one of the best eye surgeons in the country there, and he took care of me, and he said I was within a couple of days of losing my sight in my left eye. Oh, my god! Completely. You said it was detached retina, right? Detached retina. Uh-huh. You know, people ask me, well, does it hurt? I said, no, it never hurt one bit. It never, it never, I never rubbed my, it was just, it was just aging process. I mean, it wasn't an eye injury or anything wow. like that. And so while he was t- testing my left eye, then he tests my right eye. And he goes, um, we got a problem here. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, you're about to lose your retina. You're about to detach retina in your right eye. And he said, so he had to repair these what little tears that happen around your eyeball, and what happened on my left one? The tear was big enough that my retina got out. Oh my gosh! So on the right one, he had to go and he had to do. I mean, right there that day, repair that one with laser, and get it get those tears taken care of. So he's like, wow. I think we're going to have to renegotiate this contract, James. <laughs> the agent speaking right now. <laughs> so, you know, that's, uh, 
you know, like I said, I mean, I may go on fit. I don't know how long. I don't put a, I don't put a number on anything. Age is just a number anyway. So Jamie Schaefer said you're going to do it till your note cards disintegrate. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you a little story about that, and I got started on it because I think I learned that from Eshelman, and Eshelman does that. Eshelman does his in pencil, so he uses the same ones year after year. He just erases. If somebody changes, he just erases it. I write mine in pen, permanent ink, so I get a new car, and I do new cards every year. And But I used to, when I was at Brownstown, and somebody credited me with this and i don't know if it's true or not that i was really the first one when i did my stories for mid-america when i announced i was the first one to give the sponsors the car i think you are the first one and back in the early 80s and spanky had said something michael despain said something about that and i said i didn't even think about that i would type up back on my smith corona coronamatic <laughs> you ever guys ever see that with uh, probably not you had the cartridges yeah I, you had the black yeah. cartridge it was a it was a it was a film ribbon well it was actually a fabric ribbon and you had the correction tape you just take out the black put in the correction if you need to correct well every week and this was when i was still probably in high school and college and all that every week i type it up. even if i got a new one why don't you just add it on the bottom oh yeah no i'd retype i mean if we had 50 cars i'd i'd retype it and add this one guy in <laughs> it's like i mean think about it, it's just crazy now the no cards and i don't have to do that but that's everybody says well why don't you why don't you put them on your computer i learned that from chris Steppen, and he put and i said dude when you're qualifying three or four at a time you that's hard i can't do that so i get my qualifying sheet and i get them in the order zip from there i just try my best to memorize them because i tried your note card idea and i cannot (laughs) you know i can't get them switched out fast enough by the time i find it then they're gone so you know it's uh it's hard you know, I'm, I'm more amazed of your folder of birthdays of drivers, man, <laughs> because you would not believe all the stuff he carries up to the tower with him. But he has a folder, I think, of every driver you've ever announced. How you have their birthday today? I have, I have a uh, printed sheet of everybody's birthday, even unfortunately drivers that are deceased. I yes. still have all that, and I need thanks for reminding me. I need to update that at some point, probably next winter. But. <laughs> um yeah i mean that's something i learned that at uh back i think that was from terry baltus at eldora whenever he would announce and he would give you know uh, the 49 year old from columbus indiana or somebody like that and that's where i caught on to that but i mean i used to use that all the time kind of do that once in a while now but it's it's kind of interesting and i think people like to hear that maybe but um that's a good point i you know when i started that that was probably oh my i mean like you said i got a collection of i mean i go back to probably the brownstown in the late 80s oh stuff you know i think it might be a little earlier than that because i might be i I looked through that one i was like i can't believe all the i mean just rows and rows of birthdays that's amazing it's unbelievable i mean and they're in alphabetical order too that's what's crazy and uh I did. What happened to me a couple of years ago is uh, Chad and Chris Simpson. You know they're brothers, yes. and uh, I think Chad's older. And uh, what I did is when I don't know if it was at Knoxville or wherever I was, and I had them on. I had them switched. And next thing I know, the next Chris is Chris Simpson's coming. He said, "I'm not 35 years old or whatever." <laughs> and uh, so I went back and corrected that because I had them switched for whatever reason. I don't I don't know. Maybe when I looked on my sheet 
and Chris, you know, you, you when you do that in a file, it's like the first the first letter of their first name. Yeah. You you go A B C and on down. So you had all the Simpsons basically together. You know, Chad and Chris. So I transposed them. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I had a guy uh, Charles Powell who ran with us down at East Bay, and and he was coming. You know, this weekend to Brownstown for the first time, and, and <laughs> I wrote down his birthday, and he was born in 1985. Well. You know, he hadn't had a birthday yet this year, so I announced him as, uh, you know, I was when I was figuring this up, I'm thinking, okay, he's 34 in your mind. Well, I said he was 44, <laughs> and he, he just comes up to me one day, and he, he next down in East Bay, and he's just laughing, and he said, by the way, he said, you got me 10 years older than I am, <laughs> you know, so... Oh, it's kind of an it's kind of an added bonus, you know, that I like doing that, you know. When you mess up announcing... They all can't wait to let you know you messed up, can they? Well, I think. Well, I've told you this, and I and I've made comments to people. You got to have thick skin. Oh, you have mm -hmm. to. I mean, yes. whether you're an announcer, or promoter, or score, or flagman, and yeah. I remember. Uh, I'm doing good on time, aren't I? Am you're I doing fine? We still got. We're not. We're sure you don't want to go an hour and a half. We're not. We don't have time. We're not on no time limits nope. tonight. No, no curfew limits. tonight, huh? Now the governor has we a call. We can't bring in any like four or five more people. We'd yeah. be over it, but time yeah. we're good. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we're still we're still underneath the 10 person capacity yes so. but no you've got to no matter what you do in racing you've got to have thick skin i mean i i mean i don't envy like rick schwally i mean he you know and 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 these guys that lead these series and yes. the decisions they've had to make here in the last few weeks i mean you you got to remember that uh you know lucas oil i mean their drivers they they need a paycheck yeah i mean you might say ah oh, you know you got to have a paycheck. Yeah, yeah. They don't I mean, have full, that. Is their full time job? That is their full time yes. job. I mean, I am. I'm not a full time. I mean, people may be shocked to hear that, but I'm not full time Lucas Oil. But now I get paid per race, and I get paid for the television stuff. Yeah. Okay. And uh, if we don't race, then I don't get paid. I mean, there was a stretch. What did we go last year? Four or five weeks in a yes. row we didn't even race because oh, yeah. of the rain. And now with the way things are here this year, who knows? Right. I mean, we've delayed the season for thirty days and. Uh, you know, I think other series have followed suit today on some stuff, but I mean, we may not get to start then. I mean, this may go on into May. This may go on into June. Nobody knows. And uh, we're all hoping not. But I mean, it, you're right. You got to figure that. Well, one thing I like to say. I mean, what's going to happen is, and you've already seen it with our schedule changes. There's races going to be run on top of races. Mm -hmm. I, and That's I know that you know the 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 touring series outlaws and and Lucas. I mean they've tried. I mean they've done a great job over the last few years of not trying to stay off. You know trying to stay off of crown jewel races and such. But um, it's going to come to the point where there's only so many Fridays. Only, and yeah, I mean we've yeah. only got we filled the Brownstown Atomic of course in May and then June filled the 411 and um, Talladega short track but what what it is we're about out of weekends mm -hmm. yeah and neither the touring series national touring they're not going to run against the dream of the world i mean i'm pretty confident they're not going to be able to do that yeah. and that leaves well do you extend the season now you can't you can't extend the season i mean the last races at portsmouth that's mid-october i mean we're booked in october you got to be off for the world and the dream and there's just a few weekends left so if this keeps going uh there's i mean there's already been some comments made and you know people are you know they don't understand but that's the way it is you're going to have you know on top of races i mean I, that's unfortunately the the way we are here in 20 i mean there i mean 
who knows the whole season may be we don't know nobody knows what's going to happen the whole season may be gone no and i know we were talking earlier before we came on the air just about how much it's changed in the last two weeks with what this is but i think the first time that it two things that really sunk into me was the first time i read the the article with roger penske and he said the 500s day to day and that was a week and a half ago and i'm thinking that's the end of may like he's already like in his mind it's day to day what it's going to be and then when the kentucky kentucky derby announced they were moving to september like those are second time in history those are two of the most iconic events for may talking the 500 and the the derby both of those talking about not being in that's where you're you're exactly right this is something serious that we don't know where it's going to end up well we were talking beforehand and i think everybody i mean a couple weeks ago i was like about everybody else i didn't now we'll race and then then you had what happened in the nba and you know what i'm saying matt you had the nba and they shut down and they had a couple people test positive for coronavirus and you had nhl shut down you had major league baseball you had the final four and uh all that shuts down and and nascar and oh yeah it IndyCar and formula one and it's like this stuff's getting serious and it's not it's not probably done yet no i mean there may become you know we're all going to be in our houses but i, I mean uh you know i can't sit there and say well we're going to race you know we're, we're on a 30-day hiatus and you go to hagerstown and port royal and and i know people say well port royal well they, the, those tracks that ran in pennsylvania last they've shut them down yeah i mean mm-hmm. they're not racing yep. and you go to uh, maryland and north carolina found out i mean it's against the law you go and race and or if you have a business or open a restaurant that you still have dining you're not supposed to then come and arrest you yeah. yeah and they'll fine you well and i know one thing and you know going back to i told you this beforehand ryan bowling and i were even looking at the possibility of going down and shooting a a go-kart race in georgia this weekend and earlier in the week the promoter said the governor's not said anything that we can't so we're pushing forward but then today not only were there concerns about the virus he couldn't get any kind of product in for his concession stand he he couldn't they couldn't find it they couldn't get in he said i i can't i can't run it without concession product and right so even some of those things talking about shipping and what's available and where guys can get it this is a much more bigger thing than just the racetrack well, well that, that makes you wonder when the, the quarantine lifts the logistics of getting yes. stuff shipped back how long is that going to take to get all that back in order well i think the, the thing is and, and you know i i mean we all agree with what's going on with the decision made by the series and the racetracks and all that i mean that's right that's what we ought to be doing we shouldn't right. be racing but um you, you look at this and i and i feel bad for brad mccown and tomic and jim at brownstown because let's be honest about it this that's it's a big money maker yeah what sets up this weekend year. was yeah. going to be yeah. a big money maker mm-hmm. lucas oil in town there's really nobody else running and you got all these fans and all these drivers and it was going to be and that's a big hit mm-hmm. yeah because it's just like a rain out and i have learned this for years the second time around it's never as good you yeah. you're not going to have the crowd that you would have had if you would have ran the it first original, time yes. if you'd ran it on its original date yep and uh learn that for years but you get into may there and then you got you know you're bumping up against whatever but you got to do what you got to do you can't you know you, you there's going to be hurt feelings there's you know people going to be you know not happy about it but that's just the way it is because i mean we owe it to our sponsors 
I mean, we've got contracts with our sponsors that we've got to run a certain amount, you know, I'm sure a certain amount of races. And then you've got, uh, you know, the drivers need a paycheck. I mm-hmm. mean, all of our guys, I mean, that's what they do for a living. Yeah. They race. And if they don't find a race, if we don't race, they're going to be looking for someone to race. But uh, obviously they get winter circle money with us. I mean, the top 12 uh, get winter circle money and that, that helps. And uh, it's just... Um, we don't know when it's going in i mean it might be may 1st it might be june 1st it might be i I have no idea but uh you talked about the indy 500 and and it's like what do you do i mean i mean uh you know the brickyards on july what july 4th yeah right and i was thinking the other day about this it's like wouldn't that be cool as heck if he ran a double header oh oh wow (laughs) but but obviously you know you've got ticket sales for both but you don't have lights and he's yeah. not going to go put millions of dollars worth of musco lighting in there just to do that maybe a one time only but wouldn't that be cool as heck you'd run the brickyard or you know you'd run the brickyard maybe started at 11 when it finishes up then you run everybody out but you know the logistics of it probably wouldn't but that would be cool as heck uh, though. I'm thinking if, if he, the brickyard if, on saturday and the 500 on sunday that would be cool sure too. sure yeah because the, the brickyard and i and i understand this i mean it was in september and then you're bucking against football colts and everybody else and so you move it to hot weekend i mean it's hotter than a pistol then yeah, yeah. that was yeah. the whole and, thing getting it away from august you know, and that's what people were thinking okay well maybe roger put in lights and uh, maybe that'll be to be cooler but um that schedule was already out before he before he took over ownership yeah. from tony george and uh you know but that would be such a that would be just awesome but i mean you think about you know all that's going on and and you know prayers to all of our families and all that but you look at the city of indianapolis the hit they've taken i mean you have the big 10 tournament and they get one day in last week and they cancel the rest of it all the hotel rooms all of the downtown restaurants and then they were supposed to host the second round of the ncaa tournament yep and so long, and then what rewarded to have the Supercross Saturday night yeah. Lucas Oil yep. Stadium? It yeah. got scrubbed. So, yep. and even um, people, I don't think realize how many conferences and things that Indianapolis holds because of the, oh yeah. the way the city's set up. That none of that stuff. Well, going I'm thinking on. all the uh, the wait staff of all the restaurants. Absolutely, you know, they, they all got laid off. You know, the cooks can come right. in, but you know, the wait right. staff they're they're done. Well, and one thing I want to say to the race fans out there, and you know, and. and uh, I get that everybody is antsy and I get that everybody wishes we had answers and and I I can't speak as a race promoter I can speak from my actual job as a high school principal and not having answers right now because no one does understand that I I get that it would be a lot easier for some of these local tracks if the promoter came out and said we're not racing again until June 1st but the promoters want to take it week by week because if there's an opportunity to race they want to get it out there and race if that's the right decision but understand that these guys are trying to none of us i'm not a medical expert uh, jim price isn't a medical expert and i'm not picking on him when he says when i say that he's trying to make the best decision based on the information he can gather and and he wants to race he wants to get us in there and give us opportunities but he wants to do what's right by the fans the drivers and his his employees well we were talking about earlier and, and you know i'm not going to speak for jim um but everybody know around here brownstown speedway is on county county fairgrounds yeah so then you really got a double-edged sword it's like you know what are they what do you do if you do run are, are the sheriff's department is the health department they're gonna come shut you down and right. they're gonna you know you're gonna lose the track i mean i, I the things could things could be like that. there's 
you know, it's different than having a privately owned racetrack, but, uh, you know, the, you got to consider all that, and I know that they do. And, 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 and they, most of these promoters, they know what they're doing. I mean, you know, they want to race just like all of us do. I mean, we're disappointed, but we look at the overall situation. It's for the best. And, uh, you know, you, you, you don't want to put the, the safety of your fans and uh, the, the, the pit crews, the drivers, the, the staff, the officials, and all that in harm's way. I mean, you know, you look at NASCAR and you say, well, why did they cancel? They wasn't going to have a crowd there. Well, they get a lot of money from – they get the most of their money from television. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they don't get it, you know, whatever, you know, paid grandstand is whatever extra, but they get most of their money to pay to purse through that. And But but you consider this, all the pit crews there. You had the pit crews, you had the TV reporters, you yep. had the, the drivers and all that, and that was a pretty mass gathering. And why put them in jeopardy as well? So, you know, like I said, it's if there was a vaccine for it, you know, you could probably understand, but it might be a year before you have that, right. you know, and... Uh, it changes it's changed like you said in the week and then and then i mean by the time we leave out of here who knows what's going absolutely. on absolutely we might have martial law i don't know yeah. but i think you know i see a lot of posts over you know not only here but in other states you know and and, and they government is there to protect us from us <laughs> you know and i said that earlier and it's like what do you mean i said you know there's a lot of people that they don't you know i've seen people badmouth governors and calling them names there's no no need for that i mean you know i know we're upset i know we want to race but you got to look at it sensibly it's people's health is in you know that's like if i, I go out here and try to run a race and there's a tornado warning <laughs> right know, i mean and that's a great point yeah i mean you know and, and that happened at a racetrack um well it at brownstown one night we had uh we was racing this is a long time ago, and uh, we had the sheriff's deputy. This was before cell phones and yeah. before Doppler radars, and we had one of the sheriff's deputies come up there and said, "You need to get everybody out of here." They just they spotted a tornado at the Lawrence Jackson County line, coming out of Bedford, and it, and the wind had picked up and so on. So we had to, you know, scramble and kind of announce, you know, that we need to, you know, you don't want to alarm people too bad, but you know that's. Uh, you needed to mm-hmm. I mean, you needed to and i know there was another track that uh this is back in the 80s probably in brownstown it canceled early in the day and because it was a threat of weather all day and uh, there was another track that ran and they had a tornado close by mm-hmm. and they didn't tell nobody yep and uh bad deal hey let's take a break here for our second round of sponsors and we'll be right back again with james essex Don't let your Saturday night go without the excitement and live action at Southern Indiana's premier dirt track, Brownstown Speedway. Schaefer Photo and Custom Tee is the place for any race fan to get racing memorabilia. Mark and Jamie Schaefer will work to make whatever custom photo product you would like. From prints, keychains, magnets, buttons, and much more, stop by the Schaefer Photo and Custom Tee booth and let Bronze Bobby know what they can do for you. OCC Seamless Gutters is the only place to turn for new 6-inch seamless gutters, gutter repair, leaf guard systems, and gutter cleanouts. I mean it. Go outside right now, and if your gutters have trees growing out of them, call OCC. Let me give you a little hint. Schedule them for a time your wife is gone and take all the credit. OCC is fully insured and offers free estimates. Call them today at 812-592-7899 or visit their Facebook page at OCC Seamless Gutters. 
Legacy Paint and Body is a family-owned auto body paint and repair shop located in Columbus, Indiana. Specializing in collision repairs, insurance claims for collision work, restorations, rust repair, headlight restoration, detailing, and more. If you have any questions about the quality of work they do, check out their Facebook page. Contact them today at 812-799-1344 for a free estimate and tell them your friends at Throttled Up sent you. And we are back here again with James Essex, the voice of Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model Series. And before I jump back in, I do want to give a shout out again to one of our sponsors there, OCC Seamless Gutters. Uh, The man, Jeremy Owens, will be here on the podcast with us next week, making a change uh, to a late model this year. We're going to talk to him about his move from the modified to the late model. And um, Jeremy is a a great friend of the show, has been on... I, we're gonna have to go back and really count because he's it, he's the uh the joan rivers is throttled up well you know? it, it'd be tight between him and Devin. yes and I, <laughs> yes. I i don't know for sure which by the way let me let me go ahead and do this before we come back because this is pretty impressive and we, we still got a couple days left though right no it is over oh is it yeah it is over um let me make sure because it was supposed to end today i don't know exactly what time but <laughs> Uh, again, in the throttled up uh, and dirt to media, uh, Indiana icebreaker fan favorite bracket, which we didn't know we'd be the only March Madness going on this year. See, um, we, we were forerunners on that. Um, <laughs> well, the poll ends in 23 minutes, so it's it's still got 23 minutes. But I have to say that Saturday night, Don O'Neill was leading Devin Gilpin. 60 to 40 percent in the voting i think there was about 700 votes in there and i will be the first to admit i sent a text message to devin and said this is just sad you're getting waxed and devin said wait and see in those handful of days we are now at 1400 votes and devin has taken the lead 52 to 48 over don o'neill and i got a text today from Devin right before he went on the air and Devin said now do you see what DGR nation can do and I said Devin man I'm impressed that is uh that's pretty exciting stuff so unless that changes in the next 23 minutes it the finals for the fan favorite the Indiana Icebreaker is going to come down between two local favorites in Devin Gilpin and Hudson O'Neill I bet a yellow. Or, <laughs> I bet a yellow car is going to win. I would say the yellow car we're pretty safe on. So, so we still have time. So, not all precincts are re, precincts are reported. Uh, not all right? precincts have reported. Not, not, the votes are not in yet officially. But uh, do we have to stay on the air for twenty three more minutes to well, cover, or what do you want? We may. We may. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure, sure you got enough you can talk about. We want to make sure I do. We want to make sure every vote counts. But uh, I mean, every vote counts. But huge shout out again. That's been a lot of fun, and and I I do have to say to both. Devin um, with what he has done getting his people involved and excited about the the bracket what the masters have done with both Don and Huddy being involved um, them sharing it and then Jason Jameson I gotta go back to Jason Jameson he he has got a crew that jumped on this from the get-go and you know this is our our second this is our highest vote total at 1400 votes but Jason and Devin went to uh, 11 or 1200 votes as well so pretty cool stuff what does the winner get i mean what does uh, the winner get uh a, an extra interview by matt and i i mean it's yeah, a real no, prestigious I mean, that's, deal that, that's i mean that's just uh <laughs> that's pretty impressive well i'll be honest I when we, when we, the cool thing is 
whoever wins will be returning visitor to throttle that is that is very very true we have we've narrowed it down to where it is only uh uh returning guests so um but no it just we wanted to do something fun here in the month of march and uh and get some people excited about about racing you, you know i was looking at it, it looks like kyle bronson doesn't it? a little oh yeah well the <laughs> arm's a little, little small for kyle that neck ain't near long enough <laughs> that, that, that guy i tell you he had a fast car at east bay did he oh, yes, he, did. Did. A times. he tore and up a that guy is something too. else and you know he's been winning in the crate and all that and i know he was looking forward to this weekend but um we'll see him hopefully next month but uh uh the georgia florida speed I mean, just great racing i mean you saw that and that that was really fun and uh you know i we'll just see well i'm sure hopefully we'll pick it back up here and oh, yeah. maybe 30 days and uh go from there then we know we'll pick it back up sometime james let me ask you this and you have seen the best of the best and the most amazing and and i won't even say can you settle on one wheel man that you've watched that just blows you away but who is in that group of the absolute elite that you just are blown away by that you've watched? Are you talking about national or local level or let's do let's do each. Let's do national and local. Well, you know, I you know, uh obviously I've liked Jeff Purvis for a long time, you know. I mean, when he first came to Brownstown, he he won and yeah. uh just was dominant there and you know, and he went to Eldora and was dominant there and you know went to nascar and arc and all that and it didn't turn out so well and uh as far as the most talented dry it's hard to say as far as national i mean obviously scott and billy they're they're right there and uh you know people like that and there's no doubt they're they're on the mount rushmore i mean you could you could go uh, with purvis or you could go you know freddie smith or donnie moran or uh jack boggs somebody like jack boggs a driver he had a lot of success at brownstown you yes, know and um uh it's just hard to say because it's a different era and you know but purvis was just um at his age at that point i mean he was just spectacular and uh you know scott and billy known both of them for a long long time and since they you know come to brownstown in the mid to late 80s and and I remember when Billy Moyer come and he was Billy Moyer Jr. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 he did that he was like that at every racetrack and it was like no he never corrected anybody. I mean that's what I always called him cuz I look back at some old press releases or uh, yeah. stories that I did and he was Billy Moyer Jr. Yeah, I it, I remember that as a kid. And then when his son came out, he was Billy Moore Jr. I said, well, how are we doing it twice? You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Here comes Billy. Here comes Junior Jr. And it's like, what's going on here? And uh, the thing of it is, is that they got different middle names. I mean, Billy Moyer Jr. Jr. Is a, and, and we had that down at East Bay when we did the, uh, the lineups and we distinguished between them as uh, billy moyer senior which he's not a billy moyer senior and billy moyer (laughs) junior and uh you got to have the same middle name right you know if you're going to be that but uh i heard that got started from a a t-shirt screw up actually and it just ran for a while they're talking the the original the original bill yeah somebody put billy moyer junior bill billy uh billy moyer his his dad's name was bill moyer i mean he raced sprint cars you know back in uh, a long time ago and uh, then then Billy Moyer comes along and he goes by June and he never corrected anybody. Yeah, I mean he go to Eldor, he come to Brownstown, he go wherever, and he was known as Billy Moyer Junior. So when Junior Junior decided he was gonna go racing and 
uh it's like this is crazy but i mean <laughs> what we what we did starting last year is that when billy when billy moyer jr would come and draw he just wanted to go by number 21 of course he's got 21 jr on there mm-hmm. but we went we just he just go 21 moyer jr so then when they come to east bay and and all that so it was it was billy moyer senior and billy moyer jr and all that and i never called him billy moyer senior because i knew they, that really wasn't it. <laughs> but you know to distinguish between them and uh, i mean i remember when we was doing a lucas oil tv race last year and we we had a race that uh, junior was in and his dad wasn't there but on the screen popped up his dad <laughs> you know so it was like well that's interesting but it's all it's all good fun and you know the the second gen i mean you know to be around long enough i mean huddy he huddy's like a third generation driver i yeah. mean his grandfather raced and of course his dad and uncle and uh you know these guys the morans and all that i mean my goodness i remember uh well obviously when they were all born yeah mm-hmm. you know and uh uh just uh i mean just uh just a great lineage there of of all those guys and i i mean i i told i talked to billy moyer jr about this a year or two ago and i said Man, just think of the pressure on that guy when your father's won 840 features and he's six-time world 100 winner how, how there's there's no way you can live up to that yeah. how, how much pressure would that be on a daily basis to he said well, you just got to be yourself that's what i tell announcers i mean you, you got young announcers coming up to you and i said just be yourself just yeah. do your own thing don't try to copy anybody just and that's how i learned it is just do my own just do my own style and you know and i know some people that you know and and, and it's all in good fun and i and i appreciate it i mean they, they use some you know the police stay green no green light and all that and you go on oh my and uh, are you kidding me all that and, and, that, and that, i just take that as a compliment i mean i take that as a compliment and uh you know it's just uh i i just you can't write this stuff down you can't go and you can't write this stuff down. i'm gonna say this tonight mm-hmm. yeah you can't do that it just comes off the top of my head i mean you know i'm in door or i'm somewhere in any you know they they do a slide job to finley or to columbus or oh, yeah. cincinnati and and i do that some places and it's just it just it just comes off the top of my head just like we did a few at east bay you know i did a slide job all the way to miami or you know yeah. something like that you just gotta gotta be the right timing to do that you know well, and I think one thing, and this is something I, I always credit Matt as well, and I think it goes back to that. The best announcers are are true race fans at heart first. Right, right. Because it is just natural. It, it's the same thing with me sitting in the stand as a fan that's never called a race, never driven, but the excitement you get, it's the same kind of things I would say to somebody with, please stay green, please stay green. You know, right, as you're watching. right that's the passion that you guys have the passion and matt matt's the same way passion is what it's all about we're race fans and, First, and yeah. we are and quite honestly we don't care who wins we want to see a good race and and i know i've seen some i mean there's some people in the past they said that that i show favoritism to this and that well you know jonathan davenport wins a lot of races and i'm going to talk about him Mm-hmm. now if he's running 15th i really don't say much it's the same way with scott i mean a couple of years ago when richard josh richards come over and with this and he was winning some races and he won the champion uh you talk too much about richards and rocket what am i supposed to say the guy's winning races he's yeah. running up front yeah. in the points i mean you know i'm not talking about the guy that's running 15th or 16th or whatever i mean you know uh 
you know, you talked, I mean, I remember when you and Josh was talking last, Josh Moffa was talking last week about the TV broadcast, and it's like, I mean, working for LOR TV and then Dirt on Dirt doing stuff with them, and uh, I think they just tremendous. I mean, they do a tremendous yeah. job, and Lucas Oil TV has really done a great job in the last, you know, coming on strong. And, and they say, well, you're, you guys are sitting there talking about the battle and they're showing the guy well that's the producer i mean i don't you know like we did the jackson learn yeah. last year with durham dirt and when i didn't even have a monitor right. i always have a monitor on all my all my lot lr tv two of them yeah and you know you've got four or five camera shots mm-hmm. maybe four three or four at lot tv and and and, and with durham dirt you may have one yeah you know and uh you're like oh you know but the the guys that dirt on dirt they know if i don't have a monitor they are on top of it. If I'm talking about the battle for the lead, like last year, Jack's one was fabulous. Yes. Hudson and Devin Moran and the battle coming up through there with Don and Hudson and so on and so forth. And they, they cut right. They, they got it all. And LRTV does a great job, too. I mean, they do. I mean, uh, they, they've really done. We got a lot of, you know, what, 34 races this year. And, uh, you know, we don't have another race on LRTV until the end of uh, April. But, um, it's it's fun that's fun to do bob does bob's enthusiastic i know bob catches a little but the guy's enthusiastic and he he, he enjoys it and he, he's there were late models he, he loves it and uh oh yeah you know i know he came from the nascar rule but i think he's done a great job and uh but you know that the only thing you know like i said you gotta have thick skin because you're gonna get yeah, yeah. yep oh, yeah i yeah. mean the same way as like i said being a promoter a flagman score uh there was one night at brownstown i remember um this was before i took before i was promoting it and somebody come upstairs afterwards and you know they get to go to pay off and the and they well i i finished eighth and you're paying me for 12th or something and you know you look at the score sheets because we always kept you know yeah. they, like like you jamie still, do. still does jamie and julie do you know you got the monitor and all that but uh i told somebody i said you and i didn't really say it to anybody but i just said it among people that come do it one night yeah mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you, you come now. Flagging now is different with receivers and all that. You remember Niles Lauderball? I mean, oh, he yeah. flagged for me for many, many years. Good friend of mine, great and, flagger too. And and he he would make some calls, and uh, whether you disagreed or agreed with him, he made the calls. Yeah. But you know, I said, come do it one. I come score one night. I mean, back when we used to do it, right? That, Dustin yeah. tried one night to score. He scored what one heat race? Yeah, I was out, and he quit one heat race, and he's like, "I'm done." Yeah, and if Jamie is listening, you you have to have thick skin if you drive the pace truck too, because you know you get the opportunity. I got one chance to drive the pace truck last year, and I got a little excited and stayed out for an extra lap because I saw green. I thought I was going to run the race, and Jamie told me no, I couldn't. I had to pull in, so. Uh, Jamie, if you're listening, I I still. You see, he just made well, it about himself. You, you, you know, a heat race and all. You scored a heat race. You said you didn't I like did. it. Oh my How god! How many cars were out there? Like five or six? There, yeah. was, six, there were six cars I, out there. Two, tried to do I a think. Fe- <laughs> yeah, tried to do a feature like yeah. like we're at I eighty and we have like forty five cars in the feature or something. You know, or I'd say thirty five maybe. And it's like, you know, back back now. I mean, with transponders and all that, that's fine and dandy, but back then i mean we ran like i said there was a couple of jackson 100s we ran with 100 laps with yeah. 20 probably 24 cars no caution flags no caution, yeah oh it blows my mind what what jamie even... and them do up there i mean it does and 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 i will give her all the credit in the world because you know and i know that the night she was having me do it there were some questions about whether she was going to be able to be there all night and i 
I have never been so nervous in all my life that she might have to leave and I was going to get thrown to that wolf because I'm like, this isn't going to be good. Thinking back, oh. I don't think you finished the heat race. I think about halfway through or the first caution, you're like, I'm done. No, I finished the heat race, but then I disappeared because I didn't yeah. want to get caught up in any features. <laughs> well, you know, you have people, I mean, they, they would be, they would come unglued. They come upstairs to Brownstown. You could hear them coming up there. You know, yeah. that. Oh, the, you the whole thing, you hear them coming yeah. up there and it's like, and they were they were ticked off and it was like you know so you'd have to show them the score sheets and this is what happened you know their always contention is well i passed him before the yellow came out and blah 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 and, and this and that and i mean i seen some people just come unglued i mean they just come unglued and and they were worried about five bucks a difference and a payoff <laughs> in a in a bomber feature or something and i understand that they're running for points and, and what's right's right but i mean sometimes they were right sometimes they were not but I always went when I promoted. It was like everybody says, "Well, you need to treat everybody fairly." That's hard to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's very because you to think do. of people that are your friends that you've known. I was there a long, long time, and it's like you know the 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 night you have to disqualify them for a rule infraction or for rough driving or for something like that, and they're not your friend anymore. I mean, they're just cussing you out, like you know. And uh, uh, I always went with three things when you're a promoter. I always said that if you're a promoter and you have a good night and you make money, then there's people out there that are jealous calling you a greedy son of a gun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you charge too much. You didn't pay enough. But, you know, so that's why I look at if you make money. If you break even, they're like, well, at least you didn't lose money. You yeah. know, I mean, yeah. we're not we're not in it to lose money. And then if you lose money, it's like, well, there's always next week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's there are people that are just jealous as all get out. I mean, yeah. uh, I remember. I mean, uh, they, you know, there was times I've known a promoter that uh, he showed up one week with a new motorcycle. You might know who I'm talking about. I do, and uh, you know, nothing wrong with that. And everybody, ah, uh, what's what's going on here? You know, there's the guy making all the money. Us <laughs> racers, and they were all making. It's like you can it's just i just laugh at some of this stuff is just i mean incredible i want to point out here that i'm in real good company because jamie just said she taught hudson o'neill to score one night and he did three laps of a hornet heat and quit so what that tells me is my future must be in the driver's seat well that must be where my talent how about when or in the hot dog sandwich line (laughs) hot dog sandwich how about a few years ago when uh, when uh, he uh, he was doing the broadcast with us on uh, some he, of the stuff? A, he did. That was just excellent. He's got a future in that when he quits racing, I'll tell you right now. And, so. you know, we was at Watt Mansfield that one night, Dirt Million, the first yeah. one, and he's, like, calling Ricky Weiss's from – he knew he was from Canada, but he had no he had no idea it was Manitoba and Man, – Man, uh, I don't know what he said. It was, yeah. just, it was just not the right <laughs> thing, but uh, just, you know, and – you know another thing i want to say before i mean you know uh, you know we started the brownstown hall of fame you know yeah. in 95 that was the first time we had done it and i always wanted to do that forever and and it's really that's really a cool thing i mean it's you very know cool. and you do a great job hosting that and it, it's fun to been there the last few years but i mean that's something that you know uh there's not a lot of tracks that do that no i mean you know it, it's it's like you know hobstadt had a reunion there a few weeks ago if brownstown if we had a reunion how many with the thousands oh. think about that all the all the thousands of people that have raced there oh yeah uh bomber street stock late model modified on and on and on i mean i don't know where you'd hold it at if you'd what? hold it at the armory or i mean 
that would be just unbelievable how many people would show up and it's just a huge undertaking i'm sure the thing i'm impressed with when i walk through the stands the amount of hall of famers sits in the stands and watches every saturday Mm -hmm. you know that have quit racing or you know you show up a lot when lucas oil ain't running right joe johnson just got inducted he's there every week watching you know and then you know jimmy b still working at the track right and he's been inducted right. in there so well i mean there's just so many great drivers there in street stock i mean we go back to the days you know of tim clark and scott patman and randy oh, yeah. petro and earl plessinger and you go uh rick hines and on and on and on i mean they were just fabulous i mean you had a great show every week yes and of course the late models i mean look at all the hall of famers we mentioned that and you can just go on and on in the list and you'd have 15 guys that could win a race any any week right and, and yeah. the bombers they put on a great show and then modifieds came along in the 90s and that, and that picked up but i mean just just so many uh memories there uh, and and all the guys and that's one thing when we did when we did a lot of the local stuff i mean we did a lot of local stuff in the north running paper yeah i mean for yeah. guys like joe and uh, joe johnson and deppy and mark barber oh, yeah. robert bryson you know and and really got their name out there but I think, you know, when, when, when the John Gills and I mean, when we started doing the mid American and, you know, we'd have a column, you know, be just oh, yeah. huge and, and on a race recap and we do a lot of advertising and great crowds at all the big races. And that's where those guys, the John Gills and the Jim Curry's and the Steve Barnett's and the Mike Jules, and you go on and on and on, uh, Kenny Simpson, Russ Petro, Ira Bass, and you go on and on and on. I mean, that's, that's how like, like a Gill and then a Don O'Neill comes along and, uh, that's how they really became known across the country oh, yeah. by exactly. running and winning in Brownstown. Yep. And whether it was the Jackson 100, Hoosier Dirt Classic, Kenny Simpson Memorial. But, I mean, it's just uh, I remember I mean, the days remarkable. of the Dairy Queen Classic, man. The Dairy Queen Classic. Remember that? And the car and, show. You, you oh, know, yeah. you well, had, you had the race, too. Yeah. Don Hobbs. Yeah. I mean, Don Hobbs was just, I mean, he was one of the best, you know, and Gene Petro, people don't, if yes. never saw Gene Petro, I mean, he was one of the best from this area ever. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jack Owens, unfortunately, passed away on, what, 73, unfortunately. He was a top-notch driver. Yes. I, I miss, like Lee Fleetwood. I mean, miss that guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was one of the best guys on and off the racetrack yes. you'd ever want to meet was that. But I would say, you know, we talked about a lo- national local. I want. I would say the most popular driver ever on Brownstown was probably John Gill. Oh, yeah. And when... You know, and I, I mean, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not... And when he would go to Eldora... It was just as popular. Well, he I should mean, have won the dream one year if he hadn't had a flat tire. He yeah, was well, leading yes, and yes, had a flat tire. Years, and, uh, we're still waiting on somebody from Indiana to win the world one. We hope yeah. that happens sometime. But um, as far as popularity, that guy there, he would go to Campbellsville, Danville, mm-hmm. Florence. He was always good there. And he just became well known. He was great with the fans. And he carried his own hype quite well, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that was back, you know, yeah. all these other guys, when they raced there in the 60s, 70s, and early 80s, there, there wasn't any shirts, t shirts. You know, yeah. you're a big t shirt oh, guy. Oh, yeah. There wasn't any. There wasn't any. And, and, and you know, they come along, and, and Gill's got them, and then O'Neill's got them, and Mike Jewell, and, and, and just, just exploded, you know. Yeah. And uh, I would say, you know, and, it, you know, the Hudson Hudson's win there last year. I mean that was just the loudest. I mean Dustin Jarrett even that's the loud. I mean I've been you know you and I've been there a long time. It's like yeah. that's the loudest crowd I've ever heard there. Oh it was, and that reminded me of John Gill back in the mid nineties mm-hmm. when he was, you know when he was driving the Indiana One car and then he drove you know, obviously for Dalton and then he drove for Ray Gotze. Yeah, uh, and then you know Terry Eaglin. Terry Eaglin for the, the yeah. Black seventy five probably the most famous car. You know outside the Indiana One car. Well the seventy five car. I mean that started back. You know, Jim Curry started that yes. back in the 1970 with yep. Claude Kern, and yep. they had a couple of cars, Jim Curry and Kenny Simpson, 
and then Ira Baston drove a little bit, and then uh, Claude was out of it, and he come back with John. John uh, Claude, that was John's uncle, was Claude Kern. Yeah, I should say still is because he's still around with us. But you know, and then Travis Kern, Claude's, uh, and Kale Kern, of course, he raced for you. He's a good racer. Yeah, and uh, Gill comes in there. I remember John Gill's first race at Brownstown. He pulls in there, ladies on a, uh, a trailer. Now it wasn't a trailer. It was like a you know how they had the ramp the the trucks with the ramps yeah. the tire tire racks up there and, he, and i go and i didn't know who he was and he goes well, you know, yeah i seen his name he said john gill i said where are you from he said at that, that time he was bedford yeah and i said okay good and then i remember the first night he ran there at brownstown and it was a beat up 75 i mean it was like <laughs> you know it was a beat up 75 and uh he come out and he wanted to start on tell of a heat race yeah fine first night out you know i think he'd race go-karts for a while but first time in a late model and uh starting on town one he race like who is this guy <laughs> you know i mean nobody knew who he was and then it just grew and grew and grew and then you know then he hooked up with gene dalton and then yeah. then he when ray gotzi got injured at a pit accident in hopstad and then i mean gill come in there and he'd win at campbellsville and brownstown and florence and wherever they went they were right there i mean he won a lot of races for gotzi and then you know terry eaglin and you know john drove the indiana one car and uh but i would say he's probably the most popular local driver there ever was at brownstown and ever oh, yeah. has been the, the collins family told me his first win at brownstown was on a, a bicycle race back when ted yes was, i believe that's true back when uh, ted was promoted uh, there. that would have been i think john like 1969 he's like 10 years old or something yeah <laughs> yeah that's what the collins family yeah. told me. that was his first one ever at brownstown yeah i Mike mean Ray's. i mean that's that's probably that's i remember that now when you said that that i remember reading about that i don't remember that but uh yeah i mean just i mean uh just some i mean all the top drivers greats have passed through there and it's always good when you hear scott bloomquist and billy moyer and that's one of their favorite and they still say that oh, one yeah. of their favorite racetracks they've ever run on yeah. is brownstown speedway so you know that's um that's when purvis liked it i mean purvis liked it he did very well there yeah. and uh uh you always had a few that a few national drivers they didn't like it i've told dustin this story <laughs> when i was in sixth grade we went to volusia county to watch them race down there on speed weeks the feature rolls out and the front row was ray gotzi and russ petro mm-hmm and it, you know my grandpa's like we drove a thousand miles to watch the same two guys battle for the lead that we could watch at home you know <laughs> so it was and you know that's before everybody well, was really those traveling. guys everybody knows i mean those guys could win anywhere and win yeah i mean oh, yeah. uh ira bast and i t- tell you I'm, are we still at 23 minutes or are we still voting uh well i'm not sure rick cherry says looks like hudson and devin in the final so he is called he's called i'm he's not called checked, it early huh but i gotta tell you this uh cowboy curtis kaiser he said, how many hours is this show going to be? I can listen to Essex all night long. So <laughs> he's... I, I don't... You got to go to school tomorrow or what no. do you got to do? No, I'm good. We got all night. <laughs> We're on the Corona Island, you know. Yeah. A quick story. I mean, you remember Ira Bastin. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, you, I don't know you, if you remember Ira Bastin. I, I, he's I, like six foot three, six foot yeah. four. A great driver. Huge man. I mean, just he should be in the Hall of Fame, but uh, he's still around with us. Not, not in good health, but I remember a night... Uh, there was somebody showed up there at brownstown never run there before and uh uh him and i were kind of they kind of rubbed wheels there and uh, this guy was telling me this story i mean years later and it's like uh they rubbed wheels and he's wasn't happy about it he said he didn't know who ira baston was he never didn't even know who ira baston was well i guess they go back to the pit area 
and uh, this guy got out of his car and he was going to go over to his pit. Of course, you know, you, you really shouldn't do that, but yeah. they did it. And uh, he was going to go over and he was going to give him a piece of his mind. You know, but by golly, I don't appreciate that. That's not the way he race. Ira crawled out of that car and I think he's driving for Gino. And you know how big Ira <laughs> oh, Baston yeah. was. Yes. And this guy's up there and he's going to just tell Ira Baston that, by golly, I don't, I don't appreciate it. And Ira gets out of that car and he goes, Good race, Mr. Baston. <laughs> smart guy. Yeah, yeah, very smart guy. Very yeah. smart guy. Yeah. He read the room well. He read the room well. I mean, we've had, I mean, you know, you go back to the the rivalry between Don O'Neill and John Gill. I mean, that was a rivalry. Yeah. I mean, back in the 70s you had Paul Crockett and Jim Curry. I would consider I mean, they were local drivers. Yeah that that ran went other places and did well and then that was kind of a rivalry there between them two because they're both jackson county guys and all this mm-hmm. and then you had the gill and o'neill and i remember the the i think it was a kenny simpson memorial race and that was don o'neill's probably when he was in his dad's car there first or second year of that and uh this kenny simpson memorial and he's bound for the lead and he come out of turn two and, and don got in the back of him and uh uh spun him out well roger roger made the call and they they put gill back up front and they put o'neill on the back don o'neill on the back and i remember behind the green you know we'd gather behind the grandstand yeah. there and afterwards and here comes don o'neill and he's like he's like talking to roger and he goes what'd you put me on the tail for and roger goes well you you, you spun him out you took him out and don and don just he didn't agree with that (laughs) he said i did not i said he said he checked up you know you know i don't know but i mean that was i mean they 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 got together you know a few times after that and then uh always good battles i mean you know and they went to west plains i think one time and they got into it down there in missouri it's like my goodness but uh there were such great rivalries i mean you know you had uh i can I keep going? I mean, you I don't. I going. don't know. Yeah, just go until you want to quit. Uh, one of the you, you know you talked about drivers, Charlie Simmons, who ran there for years in yes. a late mall. You remember the racing yes. auctioneer, and uh, that guy, that guy, he would come and he would be. Uh, he was a good driver. I mean, good auctioneer had the Thanksgiving you know thing up in Indianapolis and in Louisville all the time before he passed away, and um, he would come to the racetrack, and he'd get there and he'd come up to me goes, and and I and I don't. I've always gone by James, you know, that's my, yeah. my, my grandma heard that somebody called me Jimmy or Jim. He goes, Jimmy S6, come here. And so I go over and see Charlie and he'd be smoking at Marlboro or whatever. And he'd be like this, you know, and he said, I'll tell you what, he said last week at Putnam, he'd always talk about something the week before something happened somewhere else. He was mad at somebody. If that so-and-so puts a bumper on me, he said, you tell your flagman, I'm taking him out this is before the race <laughs> we're he already my, he said at putnamville he run he cut off my nose or he got into my quarter panel he cut down a tire he'd still be puffing you know he's smoking his cigarette there and uh, i just sit there and i and i just okay and he goes i'm serious <laughs> okay right <laughs> you go tell roger if that guy and, and you know whoever it was you tell roger he said that guy you know by golly and you know he touches my car you know like, here we go oh so many things before the races i mean you, you had you had your guys never said a word yeah you had guys like lee fleetwood kenny simpson people like that never said a word 
Never said, but you'd have guys and they'd be crying about something the week before. <laughs> and now we've got social media, so we can all it find all that out. Oh, I can, I can tell. I won't tell the drivers, <laughs> but I mean, there's always. I mean, my goodness sakes! And you know, you talked about we talked about Jim Curry earlier before that, and you know, and and Jim was always. I mean, I, I love that guy, and he was just like, you know, I mean, he had a reputation. I mean, you know, he he he'd rough you up a little bit and you know and he won a lot of races there and he was probably booed more than anybody ever there at brownstown but that guy won a lot of races he won more he's won more late mile races than anybody he there won, and yep. jackson 100 and all this and uh you'd always <laughs> his son was always when jim jr he was always wound up but jim i don't know what they're upset about you know <laughs> and he'd say something like that he, he just couldn't figure out you know he had that sheepish sheepish grin on his face like <laughs> I don't know what the big, you know, problem is. I mean, that, you know, that just, I race them like they, you know, like I, they race me and all this, you know, you know, it was just, it was just, it was just, and you guys like Paul Schaefer, you know, oh, yeah, and Paul Schaefer did, he, he was there. I mean, this guy would, what, four and a half hours every week to race Brownstown, yeah. he won the track title there in the mid eighties. And that guy was something else. He was always fun to talk to because that guy, he just didn't give a crap. I think him and CJ I mean, Rayburn had like the first enclosed trailers I ever seen at Brownstown Speedway. Well, CJ, you know, CJ had the semi. Yeah. And uh, Schaefer had his big semi. Schaefer had his. Scott McKean was one driver yeah. that had, you know, uh, there at Twin Cities and he ran sometimes at Browns. He was good in the street stock, yeah. especially. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's really what started all that. And everybody, everybody, every time CJ pull in, it's like, oh my gosh. With the Jake break, you could hear from the stoplight in Brownstown. <laughs> well, down, so. I've said this before and I said it at our banquet. I mean, two of the most. In, influential drivers or people in dirt lay mall racing were cj rayburn and randy sweet i mean they were just yes. innovators i mean we wouldn't be where we were are today without cj rayburn and and i remember when he yep. first came out with his cars and don hobbs had there was no weight rule there was no tire rule there was nothing i mean you yeah. could just you could run a lightweight car and don hobbs when i think he won 50 some features one year and then the next year he got fired <laughs> and, that's, that's and racing. He got fired and then charlie schwartz <laughs> comes in and drives his car and wins at brownstown and then wins the jackson 100 and then wins the world 100 yes yeah in the same car and uh, i remember working at brownstown am i still good dustin you are fine all right i don't want to keep you from school tomorrow there is no if school. You, well, yeah, if I if I have to miss, I, I'm good. Yeah. You do you on your e learning day tomorrow, huh? Principal. Yeah. Hey, Gil Wilson wants to know uh whatever happened to Dion Deason. The Dion Deason. Dion Deason moved uh he was originally from New York, then he lived in South Carolina and he moved to Indiana, lived in Claremont, won some races at Brownstown, won a track championship, then he moved back down, I think, to South Carolina, and I last time I saw him was probably at swainsboro georgia nah, it's been a while 10 years or so ago and then i think he raced for a little bit and then he's not i think he's just doing modeling work now i mean wow. they used to he and his wife suzanne uh they used to do you know back when the when these retail stores had uh catalogs you yeah. know he used to do like jc penny yeah, yeah. And, and you know all like can you imagine can you imagine us doing that just standing there in our underwear or <laughs> they, they don't like they don't want us to do that their white yeah. skivvies that's big and tall <laughs> i mean yeah i mean this guy i mean this guy i mean he he uh oh, yeah he's a good guy i mean absolutely i mean and, one. and i think i don't know if he's still in north i mean south carolina or he's living back in new york uh but i mean i think they're still doing professional modeling i wow. think you know and all that yeah, so, he, yeah. Was, he was way too pretty to be a race car driver oh, there you have it you good know. thing we didn't have the open face helmets back then because you <laughs> know indy cylinder head man that was his big sponsor indy cylinder head right he had a, yeah. it was a rayburn it was an old rayburn that. i mean yeah. that thing yeah. was 
it had so many welds on it it was not even funny <laughs> and i remember fun. him and steve barnett they got into it one night at ponderosa in the northern all-star race and he about went out of the ballpark oh, on yeah. the back straightaway and yeah. you know but uh is there any other questions has gail got any other questions I think, well before we go there i want to update you it is official an update. It, is it, is, official. it is official all precincts are reporting all precincts every You're vote has been the counted uh hudson o'neill will move on uh to the finals with 527 votes versus tim mccready's 269 votes so wow i know we've announced each week who we voted for who did you go for with hudson and tim mccready yeah and i went huddy yeah and then in the uh don o'neill hudson or don o'neill don devin gilpin battle uh, it finishes with Devin Gilpin with 742 votes versus Don's 680 votes. And I went Devin. I went Don. And just like we always do, we end up on the opposite side. So it will be two yellow cars uh, in the finals. I will release that bracket tomorrow, that poll. And uh, it'll come down between Devin Gilpin and Hudson O'Neill on who the fan favorite is for taking? the Indian Icebreaker. Who are you taking? I'll be honest with you, I don't know right now. I don't. I don't know if I'd take. I don't know. I'll be. I, this is what I would say. Devin looked real good in that new rocket at Brownstown Speedway. I thought practice. so too with the the practice. I, so. I, that's that's what I will say right now. But I know what Huddy's got and his talent as well. That's a really tough one to call. James uh, Jeff Wilson wants to know if you can remember his first late model win uh well he won the northern all-star title in 98 and then he won the dairy queen race at brownstown what 94 i think that was Is his, that right i think the dairy queen was his very first win at, when he drove yeah. the 55 car for earl earl sims and mike swim yep. uh, mike sims and uh yeah i remember that i remember when he you know he had this uh what the yellow 8w was it yeah. the eight yeah it was 8w aw and then he had the black one and he, he was a good racer i mean uh he was a very good racer and uh it still still is i mean i think he wants to jump back in it maybe and we'll see what happens but I, I think he needs to i mean those those days in the street stock i mean you know uh, a story about tim clark i mean i get a story about tim tim clark you know a lot of championships am i still okay dustin you are fine okay i'm see, i'm not Tim. The tim's wife is my secretary at school there is he still at omara's is he still, still yeah yeah. Niles Lauderball told me when they said that's a guy you don't want to get in a fight with because that guy can lift an engine out of a truck by himself. Yeah, that's that's true. There was one out of Brownstown. Tim Clark won the race. He won the feature, street stock feature. Tim Keithley, he was working for us back then when Roger and all that was there. He worked the front stretch. He did the lineup, you know, lined him up yeah. on the front stretch and all that. Well, we go down and we didn't we didn't do interview victory lane interviews back then. We just took pictures, you know, with the winner sign board and Tim Clark gets out of the car. And I'm looking down there. Next thing I know, Tim Keekley's up there, and they're like going chest to chest, and they're pushing each other. I'm thinking, what the heck's going on? <laughs> and it was like Tim Clark was wound up. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. I'd have to ask Tim Keekley when I see. I saw him down at Eastbound. I have to ask him what happened that night. And and I remember Tim Clark. He was fired up. And I and Niles is on the radio. He said, "You don't want to mess with him. You don't want to mess with Tim Clark." And that, it was just like weird. The guy won the race. Yeah, I don't know. Why, I don't know why he was mad. You know, Tim. Tim, poor guy. He was just doing the lineups. He doing his job, and you know, he presenting the checkered flag and the winners board and all this, and get his picture. And it's like Tim Clark was like ready to fight him. You know, I mean, you don't want to get that guy in. A, I, know, I think Tim your, has uh, the most track championships in super stocks. Well, street stocks back. You know, then, but those combined all together, I think he might hold most track champions. 
Well, I mean, that guy was good. I mean, you oh, know, yeah. that guy was good. He come over there, you know, and uh, he had quit running, you know, at Vernon and, you know, come to Brownstown. And, you know, like Deppy, Deppy was good. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, Robert Bryson, you know, coming here one rookie the of the year. One, and, you know, they got an old Kevin Claycomb late model there yeah. in uh, the mid-'80s, and he come over and run. Good guy, good family, I mean, uh, and all that. And uh, just a lot of lot of good people around here. I mean, you know, I miss – you know, we talked to Mike Jewell, you know, oh, at yeah. the Jackson last year, and just – just a lot of great people and like you said it's always good i mean you you go there on a on a race i mean like at the jackson you have ray gotzi russ petro jim curry maybe don hobbs might have been there and you go on and on and on and these guys are still coming back and watching and uh, i imagine that's got to be tough you know crockett came and watched all the way up to his death you know sit right there on the front stretch and right sit and watch. right and i what was the neat thing about him the last time i had saw him uh we was having a jackson 100 and i invited him in their autograph session with the lucas <laughs> he thought he is a kid in the candy store <laughs> that made his night oh, yeah. and that's the last memory i have of him and he's sitting there signing the lucas oil program he's sitting beside scott bloomquist and you know on and on and on and it's like this is just awesome oh yeah and that just made him just made his day and i i, I never forget that and it's like man that you know that guy was good i mean that guy won a lot of races and uh you know uh it was just a great era that i don't i don't think we'll ever see again any other questions by the way um yeah billy lanehart wants to know your favorite harley brown memory <laughs> god bless him harley brown and you know the guy come there and he had a an old nova that was like uh weighed what 4500 pounds yeah it was a big old i mean car. that was back when ump had started and it was i think the weight rule was probably like 24 or something like that but Har- <laughs> harley'd always come there we'd have a uh, a dock over there outside of turn two and uh that's where he'd unload his car yeah. you know and uh there was one night we had a big race i'm not sure if it was the kenny simpson memorial hoosier to classic or whatever and he he had that's back when we started probably drawing i'm not sure but uh he was the first qualifier <laughs> and uh he come out there and you know how i am and you know we're yeah. building him up and all that and then you know he turns his first lap in like 19 something and i and i go fast time you know and and i have people that remind me of that every time i see them that i remember that night at brownstown you said harley brownie fast time and it just cracks them up oh yeah it's well, like, he had at least once well, then he yeah first qualifying he was like oh, man yeah. and, and i thought i i didn't i wasn't demeaning i wasn't you know downgrading any i thought it was kind of neat and i'm sure he enjoyed it oh yeah mm-hmm. i mean that guy uh he was there every week and uh you know, you know just uh I mean, you talk, I think the couple of underrated drivers that always raced there that, you know, they won uh, the Carl Collins. I thought oh, he yeah, was yeah. a very good 90 driver. 90 proof, man. 90 proof. And, you know, then they, they had that late model in 84 that they sold to Dalton and Kenny Simpson. And, then, you know, and Kenny goes on and wins the track title and the Jackson 100 yeah. and all that. And, uh, but Carl, I think Ernie Barrow was Ernie, uh, yes. a very good driver, and he won a couple of features there. But that guy was always good. And he never got into anybody, never yeah. touched anybody. Good, clean, smooth driver. And uh, that guy, if he had, he didn't have him was like Carl. If they'd had the equipment some of these other guys had at that yeah. time, I mean, they would have won a bunch of races. But it's so tough there. I mean, you know, competition was just 
Dusty Chapman was a butt kicker back in his day too. There, well, I'm glad I mean, to see him still. I, I know Jamie had taught me the youngest driver. I'm not sure the youngest driver ever to win there. I don't know. Have you looked that up? I'm I have not, not sure. looked that up. I think Dusty. I don't know how old was Hud when he when he won his first uh, crate. He might have been 16, 15. He was younger than that because he didn't have driver's license to give for a transponder, so he was under 16. Okay. So uh, Dusty Chapman, when he first started running hobby stock, the 98, he had a Ford Mustang, just coolest looking race car. And yeah. uh, he would come out and he had the long hair, you yeah, know, he yeah. was, he was a uh, young, I mean, he was, uh, I thought he was going to be one of the all time greats. I mean, this guy yes. was good and his dad had owned cars for years and driven and uh, owned cars for Kenny Simpson and people like that. And then uh, Dusty, Dusty won. I think he, I think he was like sixteen or seventeen, and he moved to late models and did pretty good. Oh yeah. And then you know he won the first Kenny Simpson Memorial after Gotzi. Gotzi was leading, had that racing control, hit a uke tire, and and cost him the win. And it, Dusty Chapman winning the first Kenny Simpson Memorial. I mean, that's one of my best memories of of that. And then Roger Long would come along and win it the next year, and yeah. it was just pretty. I mean, you had the best, the best there. I mean, you had boggs and purvis and you know you go at that time you know those people there they were top of the line dusty's car always uh kind of caught my eye as a kid because he always ran those coyote clutches and he had wiley coyote on the side of the car lot, right you know and right uh, so as a kid you know he was i looked for that you know as a kid well so. i, I like the mustang that he had when he started i mean the 98 on the quarter panel but all the rest of it was like in a checkered flag yes. like it was a great uh great look and uh I t- he was he was sensational as a yeah, young yeah. man and then uh you know winning the kenny simpson memorial i mean that was just the biggest win he's ever had and uh you know you talked about paul crockett you know and all the all the stuff and just uh you know you you can tell stories sitting here all night about every one of these guys you know and usually it was about a driver's wife (laughs) i mean they'd be fighting in the pit area you'd have a feature and you'd have uh russ petro's wife or jim curry's wife or steve barnett's wife or somebody be over there in somebody's face and oh yeah and you know and, and they're going to protect their man and i yeah. understand that yeah but it, oh my gosh it, it just, that's the um, most dangerous thing in racing is a woman in the pits you know that's uh <laughs> well the, there there's a time when i for when i they weren't allowed in the pit area right oh yeah they were not allowed in the pit area and, and and i don't know when that changed maybe the sometime in the 70s i don't know but they were not allowed in the pit area there was never world. any kids allowed you had to right. be i don't know maybe 16 i don't know Hobstock's still like that eldoria's too you gotta be what 14 at eldor to go to the pits then you got to be 16 to drive yeah and yeah then you can't race until you're 16 <laughs> that was a story there's a story there i was doing the ump nationals one year and a guy named jimmy dame uh snooki really laid all them and and he was 15 he was 14 or 15 well i did my birthday thing you know, and I shouldn't have, because Larry Bowes, Larry Bowes, who was race director at the time, and he heard that, and he goes, how old is that guy? And I, I didn't know there was a rule against it. I didn't know there was a 16-year, and he said, he's not supposed to be out there. He can't he can't race. Oh, no. He's not old enough. And the guy tried to claim, you know, well, his parents signed, you can't, no, they, that don't work at, at Eldora. No. You can't have your parents sign off on it and whatever they call that form or whatever. And so they they parked him, and I felt bad about it because it's like you know I ain't yeah, seen if you, you want to say anything I ain't seen the guy I find to say anything but is <laughs> like is like uh, Carter Miller uh, come to East Bay a few years ago I mean Tyler Reddick when he won there he was fifteen mm. you got to be sixteen to run there now yeah. and Carter Miller come there and run good in a heat race was just two years ago 
and uh al varnador the promoter found out about it he was like he might have been 12 or 13 i'm not sure and he made the show one night and then the next night they went up to him said you're done for the week and he goes (laughs) what do you mean i'm done for the week he said you're not old enough wow didn't have a driver's license didn't have any waiver didn't have nothing and he said my insurance company so rick Schwally tried to you know he tried to work with lucas and try to get him you know to to do that and to run but it didn't do no good no so he loaded up and left well he got but, billy but i but i never but it was during a broadcast and we we had mentioned how old he was we wow. had mentioned it for like three nights and wow. because he was i swear he was like 12 or 13 and it was like we didn't know that there was a 16 age limit so i don't know we got that Billy Green that down around Florence. I think he's what twelve or thirteen races the crate cars down there. He came to yeah, Brownstown last right. year and raced, and he's a little right. big fella. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Well, Tyler Reddick. I mean, he couldn't run there. He had run a dirt late model, you know, with us for what two or three years, yeah. and but he still couldn't go to Eldora, and he yeah. went to go sixteen, and then he, I think he sat on the front row of the World One Hundred. Yeah, you know, and Hud, you know, Hud the first time. I mean, he sat on the front row, you know, a few years ago, yeah. but oh, well, yeah. as before he got injured, so many years before that. All right, James, I got two yeah. more questions for you. Got two more questions. All right. First of all, let's look ahead here to this year's Lucas Oil season and with the hopes that, that we're going to get it in and it's going to get started. Who are some of those guys that even down at East Bay really impress you that you think are, are set to have big years? Tim McCready. I mean, he won a couple times. I mean, that's an obvious answer. Yeah. and. Uh, I think people thought before the year started, you know, well, Davenport's going to come in. He's going to dominate again and all this. And a lot of these guys, they've done their homework. I mean, McCready is just, I mean, different car owners. He's got Donald and Gina Bradshaw out of North Carolina, and and they just got everything going on. And uh, I look for him to get up there. Owens ended Volusia, you know, even though there wasn't a race, he's going to be solid. Uh, I think Richards is running well. Richards had a lot of bad luck. If he hadn't mm-hmm. had a couple flat tires, I mean, one night we had to penalize him to the tail because he deck height was too tall, and he come back up there and ran second, started like 27th or whatever. Uh, Davenport's going to be in the mix, but, you know, Devin Moran's off to a good start. Um, you know, you go on and down, and, you know, Shane Clanton's running for the first time, yeah. and uh, Tyler Bruning and Huddy, and, you know, Huddy unfortunately had the knee injury, and, he, you know, he's coming back now, but – uh it's just uh who am i forgetting am i forgetting Devin moran obviously he's off to a good Devin, start yes uh, Bron- i thought Devin Bronson, looked really he, good he down looked there. sensational he finally got that win at east bay he's been looking for and uh bronson is going to be bronson bronson is just he's like a bond villain <laughs> james bond villain and he i mean the guy i mean like i said there was one night i mean what he started 10th or 12th and he was already up to second got in the back stretch wall and then he had the the deal when davenport broke and, and got into the back end wasn't wasn't anybody's fault but uh fast fast and uh you know you can go on and on billy moore jr's off to a good start yeah. you know uh brian shirley's gonna be good uh, you just go on it's gonna be tough i mean it's tough and uh it's a deep field it's a, it's very a deep field, deep and, field. And, and you know that's that's great for uh lucas oil series for racing and uh i i mean if we ran 50 races i'd soon see 50 different winners but i know that that's impossible but uh you know i think you know people look at you know brandon shepherd is just outstanding i mean he'll be at some of the lucas races uh when he's not running with the outlaws but i mean that guy's good and uh driver of the year last year and 
Davenport. I mean, Mikey Marler, who knows what he's going to do. He might end up running, you know, but he, you know, he's like, well, I may run it, but then I may not tell you that I'm running it. So yeah. that new long uh, car was yeah, that guy, mm-hmm. that guy is solid. I mean, he's always been one of the most underrated drivers. I mean, I remember him back when we had did bow the bluegrass here yeah. for. Uh, he was the uh, well, Eddie Carrier Jr. is the first champion, and Marler won Rookie of the Year and the, uh, the title the next year. And I've always admired that guy. That guy's good, you know. But there's so many good drivers in the country. I mean, you know, like Devin Gilpin was saying here on the show a few weeks. I mean, a lot of regional guys are very good. I mean, you you, yeah. you, you know, Brownstown. You go to Brownstown, you got a lot. You never know who's going to show up. But you know, Jared Bailey and Stapleton, and you know, Gots the Gotsies, of course, and. Austin Burns is improving, and and you know uh, Shelby Miles is just good, and uh, you know Greg Johnson, you know when he shows up, and it's still a solid, solid lineup here. Absolutely. When when they run, and you know, uh, you know uh, there are a lot of regional guys. You got guys coming in Kentucky, you know, that come up. You know Michael Chilton and Ratliff and Victor Lee, yeah, and and all that. And you got of course Illinois. We know what's going on there. Just tough there, and uh but uh you know i'd like to see it you know you know i talk you talk about rules and you know rules pack you know you got the crate late models you got mm-hmm. the supers i mean i'd like to see them do something like they do at the malvern bank super late model series and what they do out there in nebraska is i mean we go out there and then they run in knoxville with us and all that you can run an open motor you can run a 602 604 525 steel block steel heads now they put a little they put a restrictor plate they run different carburetors but everybody is they you can't say that they're all equal but i think they're they're good enough to be uh that you could do all of them i think that's something that may needs to be looked at around here i'm not saying the gym or will do that but i think that's something to look at i mean he's got a lot of super late mall races on his schedule but i mean how many cars can you get don't know mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that's something you could get these guys, you know, the Marty O'Neills and the Tyler Canes and the, you know, the Humphreys and the people like that. Tyler Isaac, Ra- Yeah, Isaac Rainey and all of them involved. Whenever you run a super show is to have them, you know, but I don't know if that'll ever happen. But it's a good rules package. Now, there's a lot, you need a lot of tech to that stuff, mm-hmm. as you guys well know. And you got to stay on top of it. I mean, you're talking restrictor plates, you're talking spacers, you're talking carburetors. But, I mean, it's like when we go out there and run at I-80, a lot of their guys come and run with us, and they, they got to change their carburetor and all. But, but the rules, it's, it's all inclusive. So, you know, I think that's something to be looking at around here. I think that would be, you know, uh, it's it's disappointing. I mean, when you have a big-paying race and you have 15 18 cars show up i mean you know and it could be you know i don't know what a magic number is i mean it could be 25 or 30 you could get you know out there but you know brownstown's gonna slick up everybody knows that so yeah yeah. you know so uh you know the crates you know and and you know i I don't know why they don't run more of the supers with the supers but i mean jim's doing a great job a lot of good paying races this year again all right my my last question (laughs) tonight Is this the longest show ever? I, I think so, yes. Yeah, I think yeah. so, which has been unbelievable. We, we've not fallen under 80 viewers the whole time, though, so that's awesome. Which is uh, why I'm going to ask the last question. you got to promise us that you'll come back again at some point. Sure. And be on the show again. I'll come back tomorrow night if you want to <laughs> do this tomorrow night. I, I just, I mean, it'd been great to talk about this weekend coming up, but, I mean, we all understand what the – what what uh united states is going through and all that and i agree with everything that 
I mean, you, you've had today, you've had the Outlaws, and you've had the, the uh, uh, Spring Nationals. They've canceled their races for yeah. this weekend. And and who knows when we're going to come back. But I just, you know, uh, hope that, uh, you know, when we do get back racing and everything's safe and everything's ready to go, that, you know, people come out and support all these racetracks, uh, you know, and uh, go from there. Because, I mean, it might come to the point where, I mean, this, this I mean, the, the, some of them might close. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't know. I mean, you know that. Yeah. I mean, I hated to lose this weekend's races, but we completely understand. I mean, like I said, for Atomic and Brownstown, it's uh, probably their biggest moneymaker of the year. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we know that, and uh, that, but that's uh, we've got them rescheduled. We did find some dates, and like I said, on all this rescheduling, you know, we keep going like this. Yeah, we're going to be on top of each other, the you know, but and i know i've seen some complaints about that but the, the folks there's nothing you can do about no, it i mean no. we've got commitments to sponsors we've got drivers to we got shows to put on and um you know maybe next year it'll be a whole lot better nobody could foresee this coming nobody right but when they do open up make sure you go support your local racetrack well absolutely and yeah uh you know jim's got a lot of big races coming up and i know you know uh uh just just get out and support him and uh you know and 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 all the other tracks i mean you know that 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 run and and such and and go see them different different classes of cars at some of them and and just get out and support them whether it's thunder valley or you know brownstown or whatever but uh it's just um this is unforeseen times i mean we all went through 9-11 and uh we hope to goodness sakes we never see anything like that again yeah. And this here with this pandemic, it's like, you know, it's for the safety of the fans and everybody and the drivers and the, you know, the crews and, uh, you know, the, the staffs and all that. And, uh, but, uh, hopefully that, uh, you know, like I said, 30 days to Lucas oil will reevaluate everything. And I was never, I was not in any of the talks that Rick and all them had and, and he's done a great job and, and thought it out and, I know we're all disappointed we're not racing this weekend, but we all understand. That's the other thing we need to put out there. Announcers are never in the decision-making, are they, Jim? We're not officials. We're just guys that yell in the microphone. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, (laughs) it's like rainouts. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and... uh, We're the face and the voice everybody sees, but we don't make any of those decisions. Oh, I've had to make some tough ones over the years. (laughs) I remember uh, I could go back a couple of them. I remember Batesville, Arkansas, a couple years ago, we had a... It was like a five percent chance of rain, and down there, I mean, they had a golly washer. They, you know, we had a oh, golly yeah. washer. We call that up here in Indiana. Oh yeah, and it rained and rained, and it was raining hard. Well, it quit raining, and so, but by then it was already getting dark. So you had no sun, you had no wind, and so Mooney Star, he's out there, and we got buses out there. We got everybody's bringing out their four wheeler and all that, and from the press box, and we're, I mean, we're like way. It'd be yeah. like me you know trying to look at downtown seymour from here you know <laughs> oh, yeah and uh they uh right look pretty good well no uh, we went out there we had you know i we had our tech director and the rick swally went out there now it was just too soft but it looked great from the grandstand in the press box it's like well how come you know guys ain't racing well then we had to call it we ran it the next day and these people come oh, ungly, yes. and they wanted their money back and mooney's up there and they're cussing at mooney moon you know you, you yeah. know mooney star yeah. Yeah. i mean he's great great guy and he he he's very fan friendly i mean you talk about a guy he ran the topless one or several years ago and he stopped the race halfway because he wasn't happy with the racetrack went out and redid the racetrack <laughs> dug it up <laughs> dug it up watered it and, okay we're running the rest 50 so 
he's up there cussing and he's behind you know and and it's like i'm not going to go down there you know because i just had to go back to the pit area you know and whatever and i and he's going on it the next day he said tickets are good for the next day and these people just come unglued i mean they were calling him everything in the book oh yeah and uh they uh you know finally at the end there there was a couple people that stuck around and he gave them their money back and all that and uh finally decided okay if you can't make it back tomorrow send in your ticket we'll send you a refund and all that and so that's you know that's the story there was one more i'm sorry dustin you're fine one more story you're talking about rainouts. yeah i want i want to this is this is what a uh story that happened i don't know three or four years ago and the promoter was telling me about this and uh there was a race and he charged like 20 25 bucks to get in well it it rained um i don't think he got the heat races in or whatever and so uh they issue rain checks obviously like a lot of tracks do and no refunds plainly posted everywhere no refunds well there was this one guy one fan came up to this promoter and he goes he wanted his money back it's like 20 let's say 20 bucks yeah 25 bucks and he goes no we don't give refunds you had you can use that ticket some you know some other race we got this year and the guy goes well how am i supposed to get home if i don't have this 20 dollars? what if i want to stop and get something to eat or get gas and the promoter goes well what if we would have ran the race yeah how would you use the money how would you have used the money then how it made no it was just the darkest oh, yeah. well, thing he had drank I've enough ever, beer in the stands yes. he wasn't going home that night yeah yeah <laughs> but the guy the guy says you know, how am i supposed to get home yeah how how am i supposed to get home you got my 20 dollars. how am i sp- dude what if we would have ran the race in yeah. completion and <laughs> that was absolutely one of the craziest things i'd ever heard zero common sense oh james thank you thank you i think i'll end it on that note we will have you back <laughs> i want um, my money back i'm glad i didn't have to, <laughs> yeah i didn't pay for this did we I? didn't charge no. you to get in tonight you didn't charge me free <laughs> well we actually went that long we are at yeah, yeah we're an hour and 57 minutes right now yeah is wow. this the longest broadcast ever yes the longest one you hold the record now yes that's longer than the king's royal a few years ago when right i ended up like six in the morning right on it? man but we appreciate it james well, and we wish you, you all guys the best do, man. you guys do a great job and you guys keep up the good work i've been watching saw devin and don and occurred and then joss and his dad and that just uh just doing a great job and uh yeah i'd love to come back and hopefully we'll have a you know be racing and uh just have a good old time well you have an open invitation anytime you want to come down you know from from the hope area I, from the from the hope area yes <laughs> yes uh down to crothersville and I, I it's crother i guess it's crothersville isn't it absolutely yeah i call it ucla upper crothersville well, I, lower austin i remember coming down and I, you know i'm sorry I'm, i need to talk quit talking but uh when we was at, when i was at hauser and we'd come, crothersville was in the mid hoosier conference mhc and mm-hmm. and we'd come down and play basketball and uh, joe wilson you remember joe wilson yes. he used to yeah. race and uh we played basketball against him i don't know it was 80 79 80 and and the old gym they had here i don't know if you ever was in the old gym they had here i haven't been by oh seen my pictures. gosh it had a stage on the end of it i remember we come down here and played them in like january's like 10 degrees well, we got <laughs> in there and it's like seats i don't know 300 people and they're on top of he's like 110 and <laughs> and i stole the ball and i'm going down there and they had a stage on one end and i went down there and the next thing I knew, I was on top of the stage because some guy <laughs> fouled me doing a layup. And it's like, oh, what the heck's going on? Because the inline from the stage to the is like this. 
And when the cheerleaders, they were cheering, they were on the floor because they had no room on the sideline to cheer. So while we're playing, they're on the floor. And we're sitting on the bench. And when we're sitting, you know, you sit on the bench in a basketball. And our feet were in in bounds. Lots of ways to set screens. Cheerleaders. In bounds. <laughs> and, you know, I come down there on track and field. And uh, just, it just uh, you know, but, but I never forget that, that night. And it was like. That was, I mean, they were packed in there. I mean, we we had a really good team that year, and I was glad to see Crothersville win, you know, first section in a lot of 150 years. I'm not sure how, but uh, Tater Masters, he was a, you know, I don't know. He was... (laughs) <laughs> he wasn't that old, was he? Nah. No, he wasn't around back then. But no, uh, just uh, you know, the, the great people down there. You know, Masters built, and, and, and you know those guys for a long time. And uh, you know, I hope that uh, you know. I think Tate, Hudson and Don they can make Masters built great again. I was like saying that, and I think that uh, I like to see that happen. I think that a lot of people would. Oh yeah. All right, guys. I think that's it. <laughs> Join us next week. Uh, we'll have Jeremy Owens in studio. Um, and then April 1st, the week after, uh, we're going to take a week off. We're going to do another Wayback episode. Uh, so we'll choose an episode. Uh, Matt and I will from – this is episode 82, so we'll choose an episode from one of the other 81 that we've done, and uh, we'll, we'll throw it up for everybody to see. Um, and this could be go 82 back. and 83 tonight. <laughs> he I could be. <laughs> he could be. So thanks, everybody. And, again, uh, we appreciate all our sponsors. Appreciate James being here, and we'll see you next week. P3 Graphics is one of Indiana's premier suppliers for motorsports wraps and apparel. P3 Graphics offers great pricing along with some of the best customer service in the industry. Give them a try on your next project and you won't be sorry. You can contact them via email, phone, or on Facebook on the P3 Graphics page. To find out more, go to www.p3graphix.com. Again, that's www.p3graphics.com. Hey, give Brad at Brad Irwin Customs a call for bodies, interiors, fab work, setup, and consulting. With Brad Irwin Customs, you can stick them deeper. Call him today at 812-216-3900. Does your yard have a dead or dying tree threatening your house or property? Do you have an unsightly stump you're tired of mowing around? Have trees that need trimmed up against the house? If you answered yes to any of these questions, call our good friends at Kane's Tree Service. They're fully insured and offer free estimates. Call Kane's Tree Service today at 812-344-5917. Tree trimming, tree removal, stump removal. Call our friends at Kane's Tree Service today at 812-344-5917.